Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 119. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, let's crack into it. <laughs> I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight is David Malloy. Hello. And here as always, except when he's not BT Calloway. No, hoi hoi. And thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. How are we doing, fellows? Well, I was doing better before the episode we watched all of it. Yep. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm about equal to my usual life because I do this so much that Simpsons <laughs> episodes don't affect me emotionally anymore. Yeah, I'd, I've been working on a screenplay a lot lately that has yep. a lot to do with the Bosnian conflict. So I've been researching hard on that and just realizing, you know, like... It puts a lot of things into perspective. and yeah. You're saying we should start dropping bad Simpsons episodes on enemy combatants. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> stop. We'll give you anything you want. Just make it stop. <laughs> I think it is actually outlawed by the Geneva Convention. But anyway. <laughs> and look, I mean, not that I'm a screenwriter myself, but I think from doing this podcast, I've learned a lot about what not to do, you know? Yeah. And I maintain <laughs> learning what not to do is just as valuable as learning what to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, especially in this episode where... Don't do what Donnie don't does. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch Donnie. <laughs> so yes, we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 26, episode 11, Bart's New Friend. First released in January 2015, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Judd Apatow. In this episode, Homer gets hypnotised and he thinks he's 10 years old and, and he becomes Bart's new friend. What do we think? Yeah, he didn't realise Judd Apatow. I saw it on the credits. And, uh, that's, I re- and, Can wow, you describe my face? face? Yes. It's, ah, it's just sheer blank confusion. It's like... Good Christ. Yeah, you're, you're waiting for like the connection to make sense. It's, it's the human equivalent of connecting to the internet. Cardos. Oh my God, yeah. I've got the dial-up tone. Yeah, it's going along. I wrote in very big letters because, you know, I had my little notes page or whatever. And then on the next page, I just wrote... Punchlines, though, in really big letters. Yeah. And every time another punchline, uh. you know, just landed perfectly. <laughs> I just sort of put a lot of designs around it and expanded on it. And yeah. you know, after moving on to my third notebook... Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not to be confused with any other Judd Apatow, it's that Judd Apatow, mm. writer and director of movies. <laughs> and things, yeah. And yeah. who's usually pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode was actually based on a Simpsons spec script he wrote when he was 22. So around the time that season one and two was airing. I get it. So they didn't add anything to the spec script. <laughs> they just went there with the original napkin. <laughs> with just a few updated references, throw an iPhone here and a wireless internet connection there. Yep. That's a, you know, coffee stain. We'll get rid of that. They did say Wi-Fi an uncomfortable number of times for 2015, <laughs> didn't uh. they? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. We'll do your script, Judd Apatow, but we need to bring it, we need to modernize it. <laughs> yeah. I remember back in the, you know, season one and two days where people sang for He's a Jolly Good Fellow one person at a time, one line at a time. <laughs> yeah, all for that bit where Homer just doesn't get it and it's just mm, <laughs> so slowly paced. Yeah. Uh, like, it was an okay joke, but just to pace it like that was... Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, when they do these guest writers, it's always a mixed bag. Like, a few episodes ago, we did one that was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And I think we liked that one. It just kind of tanked towards the end, though. Yeah, it was ridiculous, but it had enough 
going for it to be okay-ish, but yeah, one one great. I mean, it's possible that it's then like you know they've had the spec script done and it's then been taken into the Simpsons writers' yeah. room, yeah. you know, to sort of fit the formula of everything else they've done with the season because you know it's a show that does like refreshing and interesting things with each of the new episodes. Sorry, that's with the old seasons, but <laughs> with like the new episodes, you know, they still. Even when they're doing something that is different, like, say, the Halloween episodes, they revert to the formula and, mm. you know, they've got the reset button in play and all that sort of thing. So I'm guessing they just have that, like, that second go over of the scripts that just kind of, like, they just kind of pour varnish over the top of it so you can barely see the original. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, we've often speculated how much is this the actual original writers because sometimes we get very good writers who produce really bad episodes and how much is the writers room, but at the end of the day, their name is what's on it, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's who it. we blame. <laughs> All right, so let's hook into the questionnaire. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I'm going to have to go right to the spoiling the ending, which, oh, fuck it, because the part that really kind of stood out for me was they could have kind of landed this emotional core, but at the very end... Homer's, you know, they've, they've found the person who hypnotized him. He's the only one who can hypnotize him back. And there's a moment where he's standing there looking at Marge and looking back at Bart. And he's been having fun with Bart lately. Looks back at Marge. kind of, And it's trying to push this idea that he's trying to choose between his old life and this new one. But he doesn't have a conflict. Yeah. There's no reason for him to not just go, no, I want to stay a kid. What are you talking about? No one's even told him he's supposed to be an adult with children. Like, they, he's just in this house having fun with Bart, who he thinks is, you know, the same age as him. Yeah. And it's trying to push this conflict that they didn't build. And if they had, it would have actually been genuinely kind of heartwarming to say, you know, he turns to Bart when he still thinks he's 10 and is like, I'm really sorry, but it seems like these people need me for some reason. I guess I have to go do that. Just something. But it's shot in a way that makes it look like that's what's supposed to be happening. And it wasn't remotely even brushed upon. Mm. And I think that's what really pisses me off about it. It's also like the ultimate choice there Mm. is, you know, choosing between remaining a child and having this friend he bonds with, or let's be frank, crush and guts. And this episode (laughs) like pushes that so hard. Mm. Like there are so many references to Marge just craving the D. And that's and the thing. Yeah. It's, it's uncomfortable, it is, man. That, that, by implication, is the only thing she misses. There <laughs> is not a single moment where she's like, how am I going to raise three kids by myself? Technically four, because Homer thinks he's a child now. There's no worry about income. There's no worry about her life partner being gone, her friend, not just the dick. And they introduced the income problem at the beginning. Like, that yes. was one of Marge's first and statements. just like drop that. kick that out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about when in that moment of Marge, like, I really missed him. And I'm like, wait, we haven't really spent a lot of time with you this episode and how this whole turn of events affects you. Yeah, that's a thing. Do you miss him? Like, (laughs) Yeah, again, it's implying this ending that they have in no way even broached. Yeah. How about you, David? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Well, I think actually in that final moment, what stuck out to me was Homer reaching down to Bart. He's made his decision. He's going to go back to his normal life. So, you know, the reset button's in play. We all knew yeah. it was coming. Mm-hmm. And he says, stay 10 forever. It's like, that's a line that could have had some potency if Bart hadn't stayed 10 forever. You know, or if Bart <laughs> wouldn't stay 10 forever. Like, it's another one of those things where they're kind of referencing the ongoing, you know, the longevity of mm-hmm. this show, despite the fact that no one enjoys the longevity of this show anymore. <laughs> yep. Like, Bart's complete lack of aging or any character development whatsoever is what, after 30 years, has robbed him of any kind of satisfying payoff. Yeah. Like, even the jokes don't land, even the punchlines don't land, because we know these characters too well yeah it's a shame because in this final moment as well i felt like 
I should have felt a bit more for Homer and Bart's new friendship as mm. well, but... I mean, even the way they sort of plotted it out and his reveal as coming to school, I thought was a bit all over the place. Because Marge, like, sort of said to Homer, oh, yes, you can go to school. Like, you would assume Bart and Homer would have travelled together. There would have been conversation. Yeah. And and in the post-terror of, like, adults engaging with kids in any fashion, like, yeah. there's no awareness of that whatsoever. There's one passing gag with Skinner. It's like, should we be allowing this grown man to, like, climb under the shorts of children? And, yeah. and then they just sort of go... No, <laughs> and, they, and they, that's not in the rule book. It's page one of the rule book, yeah. and that's the end. It's oh, like, and then it. we get like a little sort of B story, I guess, about yeah. Skinner and Chalmers and Skinner's wanting to make a comic or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. just little comic he draws. So the core premise mm. of this episode yeah. is Homer acting like a child. It's a yeah. reverse big, basically. What's <laughs> the joke? That's his character. Yeah. What's the yeah. joke? Yeah, there should have even been some of, like, is he that different, though, uh, moments, but there really wasn't. And, yeah, I'm going to say that's sort of what stood out to me was Lisa's involvement in this episode, which, also, minimal. Mm. But, yeah, this was clearly having, like, a mixed effect on her, because at yeah. one point she's, like, delighted to be playing Baker Street and having him dance along and with the teddies and everything. That mm-hmm. looked like, oh, having fun. And then later she's talking to Bart, oh, well, this is having a massive emotional impact on me. I'm, and again, I like, need therapy. Was it? Yeah, because it seemed like this thing where the kids were having fun with it. And, yeah, where was, like, Marge going, yeah. uh, kids, well, I need my husband back. Yeah, that's forever going to be my conflict with this. I kind of like the Homer-Bart friendship. It's kind of cute, but... It's not contrasted or conflicted with anything. It's just everything must go back to the way it was, even though apparently no one is suffering for it, except for Marge and the D department. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. And when she's alone in bed and she reaches for that box, that... (laughs) Yeah, honestly, that took me a second to see what they were pretending to go for. I'm like, oh, right. I think I just... Do not imagine Marge needing to masturbate at all. Imagine the bravery of the show if she'd opened the box and then they'd just cut away. Imagine the bravery it would have taken to do that. Wait a second. So, yeah, she pulls out this long rectangular box, which turns out to be knitting gear. But, yeah, imagine if she just whipped out a Hitachi wand or something. (laughs) Play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Zero. Also zero. Yeah, I've seen it once, maybe twice before. It was one that I definitely was like, oh, Judd Apatow, this, he'll mm. breathe a fresh new life into the show. No, he didn't. Ugh, no. <laughs> Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, I'm pretty sure hypnotism doesn't work like that, but I also think I'm a chicken. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like... They kind of take the wackiness out of hypnotism because Dr. Hibbard knows everything about hypnotism. Yep, yeah. He's clearly done some sort of hypnotism training as part of his doctorate. Yeah, he knows sure. the ins and outs of it. It's medical science. <laughs> but not how to actually do it. Or he, make it funny. He knows the theory of it, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but speaking of wackiness, though, so we've got, you know, like a couple of good slapstick moments. There was the moment that Bart went to blow an air horn in Homer's ear while he was sleeping yep. and then just oh, hit him with the air horn. Fantastic. Like, That's good. I like that. But how the fuck, how the tuppany fuck do you not make Cletus funny? How do you balls <laughs> oh. up Cletus? It's very doable. 
They yeah. drop that ball a lot in the HDR. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. He's just become a go-to for, yeah, poor jokes, redneck jokes, and crystal meth jokes. I mean, he was that anyway, but they were funny poor jokes and yeah. crystal meth jokes and hobo jokes. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. They're not subtle. They're super overt, and there's nothing playful about him or, no. like, charming in his character anymore. He's just like, I have a drug addiction and 18 children that I can't afford. I can you guarantee look. you there would have been an HD episode where they're like, I voted for Trump. Yeah. And that would be, you know, <laughs> as far as the punchline goes. Yep, yep. But yeah, in terms of the wackiness, cartoony moments, yeah, there were a few of those. Like with the other prank, what was it, where Bart woke up Homer by shoving pencils up his nose and a tennis ball in his mouth. And then Homer somehow snorted and made them stick into his skull. Yeah, and then <laughs> hocked the tennis ball into his face and just punched him. Punch- yeah, well, there's something about it that's almost like that family guy level of violence, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean in the sense that, like, the actual pacing of it feels like family guy. Like mm. someone throwing a punch is just, and then yep. they're on the floor and they have pencils stuck in their head. Not yeah. the sort of ridiculous levels of violence <laughs> that family guy goes to later, but just that yeah. the speed of it. And again, mm. reminds me of how much they're trying to imitate their imitators. Yeah. yeah. There was that other punching joke where it was the clown that he knocked out, wasn't it? Yeah, which again, like at the mm. time, I thought that was going to be the point. He's so like pent up, he punches a clown. Yeah. And then, nope, just moves on. <laughs> oh, and they have a flashback to his childhood where he should have been traumatized by the circus, but. Yeah, I want to have a good conversation about this episode, and you fucking can't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> redeeming no, the, fa- the pieces are too weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I did like Grandpa, like, yeah, seeing the elephant stomping the guy and then look yes. at the overpriced cotton candy. He was like, mm, look back at the elephant. Yeah, but it's a bit off-brand for old-school Grandpa, because he would have been like, you need to see this violence, boy, it'll turn you into a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw elephants all the time trampling people away. He was, when the, I was the guy the who tried to sign his son up to Vietnam at Woodstock when Homer's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Abe Simpson we know. I will say the one bit of whack I did like was when the guy's retiring and uh, he's like, yeah, it's time for the gold watch. Mr. Ben's like, give it here. Takes his gold <laughs> yeah. watch and puts it in a collection of gold watches. <laughs> Just, I did like that guy. Yeah, the fact that he has a closet full of gold watches from people who have retired. There's something weirdly funny about that. There was a big point where I, I just, I also wrote, get this, parking jokes. Uh, uh, relatable. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> Especially in the city of Sydney. Oh, what boy. is the deal with parking lots? Stop parking! Ow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what do we think about Homer's whole workaholic mode in this episode as well? Well, I like a lot of the setup. I like that the guy who's been picking up his slack this whole time is retiring and he's like, oh, wait, there was a guy picking me up. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's a bit weird to see him actually try, but fair enough. I kind of think the setup was good. But then, eh, well, I mean, that just gets us to the circus. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. I mean, I guess they needed to have him with a bunch of adult worries to revert him to wanting to be a 10-year-old. But the fact there was no kind of, again, once he's 10, there's no conflict. Yeah, and also he said in that moment, I haven't been to the circus since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Mate, clown college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like no, like one of the defining episodes of the old Simpsons. You don't have to be like in the writer's room going. You don't have to have a podcast where you watch these episodes all <laughs> the friggin' you, time. But there's to, a twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to know that, like the circus has been a big part of this character's <laughs> life. To be fair, that was college. <laughs> Not the circus. Ah, itself. he never practiced. But he did I go to see. Cirque du Soleil. I don't know if that counts. Oh, did he now? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's sort of funny that they're forgetting their history because this is an episode that I find 
goes over its history so much. Like, mm. we revisit Itchy and Scratchy Land at the end. There's yep. a Millhouse has a joke about culottes, and it feels like the exact same joke they did before mm. with yeah. Bart and the culottes. There's also there's a bit where they pan over Springfield when they're in Itchy and Scratchy Land, like, you know, that Disneyland ride. The one where you're sort of hang gliding yep. and your feet are suspended, and yeah, it shoots shit in your face. I, yep. li- I like how they simulated city smog with that. Yeah, yeah. But... There's a bit where they kind of go past the bridge out of Springfield and it's out. And I'm wondering if that's meant to be a reference to Bart's Comet. Oh, you know, yeah. They just never fix that bridge, maybe. But I, I can't, I literally can't tell. It also looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, <laughs> Yeah, don't try and pretend that you have serious literacy at this point in the episode, Apatow. Like, yeah. Give me a break, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Last wacky thing that I wanted to mention was the, the post-credits gag. Oh, fuck. Yeah, where yeah. Chief Wiggum and Svengali or Svenjamin. Svenjamin Gully. I did quite like that. Yeah. Such a good pun. I was actually saying to Beach before we recorded, that's going to be like your Swedish alter ego. And I was Svenjamin. looking up before that like Svengali is from a novel called Trilby. He's like a, a mesmeric character. So he's basically oh. a hypnotist. It is a very sort of literal take on the name, but that's oh, okay. fine. This same character actually appeared in an episode before where Marge was like, um, she gets like really drunk and then she gets involved in this magic show. Yeah. I just can't remember what else fucking happens in that episode. That was from The Great Money Caper in season 12 where Bart and Homer get into grifting. Anyway, back to the show. Quick, funny thing that I got from this episode. I should have pointed this out earlier as like, you know, best moments. Yeah. It's like Homer, right? If he's like writing his name, and he writes it wrong, like a 10-year-old uh, boy would. So yeah. he's like... Like if he was trying to be El Bato. Yeah, so if he just like puts an O at the end of his name, yeah. it's pretty funny. Uh, it's pretty good. You know You know what You know what? You know what? Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. I they know, went the there, man. They, no, they've already done this joke. I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, in fact, the last time that I was here... Thank you, by the way, for having me back <laughs> so I can burst your eardrums. Yeah. The last time I was here... The same two things happened. A weirdly out of place, forced in, non-PC gay joke yeah. like, is just sort of like wedged in there for the sake of being in there. Yeah. And also I had to resort to Google to try and work out the references that they were making. Yeah. One of the sneaky ones this time was Springfield Hospital. It has a sign at the front that said Springfield Memorial Hospital. Buddy Ebsen died here. So Googled that. Buddy Ebsen was an actor who died. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Reference. And so famous, we all knew about it immediately. Judd. Judd, my yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be so It's funny. going straight to the pool room, man. <laughs> Ripper. Oh, yeah. So the post credit sequence. Mm. So Sven Gully and Chief Wiggum are down in the fucking X-Men prison for Magneto. Yeah, which is... <laughs> I will say, before we tear this thing apart, I like the joke that when Chief Wiggum is all like... Ah, yeah, I beat you again there. Well, that's why I'm the brilliant hypnotist and you're the stupid chief of police. Yeah. And Svengali's like, oh, yes, well, I must be off there. I like that as a joke. But yeah, the setup for it, and they're, they're in the glass prison for Magneto for some reason. And then Loki just appears. Why Loki? And doesn't say anything. I mean, I mean, comic book, uh, 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 the, the cross properties, <laughs> that's a different branch of Marvel. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so why the fuck did Loki show? Oh, 
Like he it didn't say. say or do anything. He just appeared. It's like you have to get the kids in. You have to reference. Not Marvel. a recognizable Loki. Just, like no. when he rocked up. Like I think after Wiggum said Loki, I was like, oh yeah, he's got that horn thing yeah, on. Horn but thing I was guy. like, he looks nothing like Tom Hiddleston though. Like what no. are you what are you playing at here, man? No, I, yep. it served no purpose. The joke had already been done. Your episode was yeah, over. The literal punchline. And then Loki appears. <laughs> yeah. The other crazy okay. thing about that moment, and I think it's worth pointing out that they genuinely made an effort to do something that I think is quite important and quite potent, mm. is they had a frame right before this post credit sequence. It was Maggie waving a French flag and the words, Je suis Charlie, yeah. which for people who don't remember, was after Charlie... Charlie Hebdo, I think. Yeah. Yep. The officers of Charlie Hebdo, which was a satirical magazine in mm-hmm. France, were attacked by a terrorist figure and a number of people were shot and killed. Yeah. It was a horrific event. And this was clearly an effort by the cartoonists in The Simpsons to sort of memorialize this yeah, moment. For solidarity and I, amongst, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's quite wonderful. But mm. at the same time, it was it was very jarring. And yeah. I feel yeah. like maybe it just it needed a different moment in the episode. Maybe you lead with that, or maybe you put it after the post credit sequence, or just sort of, like, reference the fact that it's going to be in there in some way, because it's an important thing, and I'm, I'm really yeah. appreciative of the fact that they put it there, but it's upsetting that it doesn't find the pathos that it should. Yeah, or maybe even just remove Maggie from that frame. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean like, it, I don't it's... mind her being there so much. Hmm. It's just, like, there's no weight to that moment. Yeah. yeah, and because it is sort of jammed between the end of the episode and this weird post-credits thing, yeah, it totally should have been as part of the actual credits, or like, yeah, maybe even superimposed on the background while the credits are rolling, like something. Because yeah, they've done that like in memoriam a bunch of times, mm. and yeah, and beautifully, yeah, and it was weird placing, but I mean, good on them for yeah acknowledging that. Yeah, that was. So speaking of those things, how about the heart of this episode? Did it make you feel any bumps? It did not. It damn well should have, because they. Had the idea there, and that's why I'm angry. Yeah. I keep getting, like, more frustrated at this episode the more yeah, the I more think about it. the more I kind of think yeah, about what they exactly. didn't do, the yes. more kind of like, but why? didn't like That felt like what you were going for, and then you just didn't. Yeah. yeah. There's no heart bumps. Or no. isn't there like, not? Time, again, <laughs> again another joke I liked. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I do kind of like the Homer-Bart relationship, and they're actually bonding for a change. It just, yeah, because there was no conflict, it didn't have any more weight other than, I actually like Homer now. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's about it. Where's the play in it? Like, yeah. I, I wanted to see more of the two of them going off and doing the kind of pranks that Bart normally does. Yeah, exactly. That would have been heartfelt. Even the moment with Lisa. So, for the listener, this is Homer going into Lisa's room and they're talking, and she uses the opportunity to sort of, you know, play her saxophone and actually have him enjoy it. And the two yeah. of them have this moment. Yeah. And it doesn't feel as playful or as enjoyable as it could be. It just doesn't. Land. Yeah, it feels very shoved in, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, and that's all we get out of their relationship for this whole thing. Oh, and in that moment is actually when they have Lenny and Carl who are just standing and staring at their window for whatever reason, and and they were like, oh, good thing they pulled that guy out of retirement to be the new safety inspector. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what like... we were really worried about. It's like, wait, who's looking after the plant right now? Good thing we fit that story bit in naturally. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like none of that needed to happen. Now that I think about it, it's just the Simpsons are out at the circus. Fuck it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why did we need to do any of this? If that I was may two quote, acts ago. If I may quote, going back 15 or so years of this show, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm going to clown college. <laughs> I think I may have sort of Cartmanized that line. Screw you guys. I'm going to clown college. Simpson South Park ship posting. That could be a <laughs> that thing. That could be a as if it's not already yeah. <laughs> but ultimately though guys did it feel like an episode of the simpsons mm, i don't think any character uh, no, uh, i can't even give it no character integrity breaks because again marge doesn't really care yeah. <laughs> that's weird she just cares about that, that. <laughs> <laughs> getting her rocks off and getting some cuddles afterwards oh, yep. which by the way why did she whisper the cuddle part and like say the snuggle part out loud like that is so Oh. Yeah. Yep. So you know, sometimes when we fuck, and yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I want him to <laughs> spoon. <Yeah. So? laughs> you can audibly hear it when he says it to Homer, though. So yeah. I don't know why they kept that in the dark, but fine. maybe like she hadn't been paid enough to do another line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If your voice hurts this much after thirty yeah. years of doing that, yeah. <laughs> Flawless March. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So the character integrity, yeah, it's hard to get into because we've got this moment of like Homer revisiting his 10 year old self, which I don't know, at times didn't really feel like that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it feels like The Simpsons, but it kind of feels like the phantom limb that was The Simpsons. It's like, oh, yeah. We're a yeah, deep zombie Simpsons. That right now. itch feels like Simpsons, but there's nothing there, you know? <laughs> nothing there to scratch. Yeah. yeah. Nothing at all. Uh, oh, I, oh, yeah. The itchy's there, but there's nothing to scratch it yeah. with. Oh. <laughs> I'll show myself. Swish. <laughs> But yeah, just with Homer being like super overt when he's talking to Bart. Oh, if I had a wife and three kids, I'd be really sad about it. And I'd binge eat and sit on the couch all day. And like, ugh. Yeah, but at that point you feel like we're going to go with, uh, you know, Bart has found out what his father really thinks. But instead it feels like they then go, this is why Bart wants to keep him 10. But that's not what they do. Yeah. Maybe I don't expect better from this season of The Simpsons, but I do expect better from 22-year-old Judd Apatow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was 22, my writing was fucking flawless. <laughs> like, and I think his should have been as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the uh, maker of fucking... I can't think of one of his awful movies right now. The 40-year-old 40 virgin. 40-year-old virgin was the first one I went to as well. But also, like, he is a monstrous force of production. Like, he yeah. is across so many different comedies. And, mm. like, I don't know. I've had kind of a hit and miss ratio with this stuff. But I know people who, you know, worship the ground he walks on. And that's all well and good because he's done a lot for American comedy. But, like, yeah. but what is this? I imagine this was a spec script that was sealed in, like, a Mylar pouch <laughs> that they could not possibly take out. Maybe he had it laminated. And yeah, he couldn't change anything because what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Type it all up again? Fuck off. Well, I mean, like, because I respect Judd Apatow as a producer and a director, maybe, but not really so much as a writer because mm. he films a lot of his movies in improv style. Mm. You know, yeah. give him the basic story beats and just sort of uh, shoot around that. That explains this episode entirely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's but he's this... improvising with non improvisers. Yeah, yeah, the Simpsons actors can't improv anymore. Like, yeah. they came up with these voices. What's going on? Yeah, it's I mean, been they're all 30 like. Years. 95 or something yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and maybe it would have been different if he was directing it as well. Because Yeah, because then you can work on that improv shit. But mm. yeah, if it's just his writing credits alone, I mean... <laughs> yep. yeah, well, we, we cracked this one. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes or no, would you watch this one again? Mm, not particularly. Nah. Nope. <laughs> BT, what would you change? All right. 
have Bart pranking Homer at the beginning. Homer gets real angry at him. Then when Homer becomes 10, Bart is like, hey, I've got a friend now. And they go on pranking together. Then Bart's pranks get them in trouble. And he's like, Homer, I need you to be an adult now and bail me out. And Homer's like, but I'm 10 years old. And then he's like, shit, I do need a father. I can't have just another friend. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm conflicted now. Yes. There we go. There it is. Better script, John Appetel. <laughs> Beat him! better. <laughs> Three moves, checkmate. I know. <laughs> by transfer of property, I'm now friends with Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you, David? What would you like to change? I mean, that's great. That's a really good... I think the other thing that I would have done is to have the hypnosis slowly wear off. Like, instead of making it yeah. reliant on bringing back this one joke character, Svengali... Like, why not just have the hypnosis gradually fade and then you have these moments where where Homer is torn between going back and, you know, seducing his wife, which is yeah. apparently the only thing she needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, God. But, like, <laughs> you know, having those moments where he's torn between mucking around with Bart and, like, romancing Marge would be quite a beautiful sort of... A conflict of all the troubles of adult life versus all the rewards. Yeah, like, uh, the implication of the episode is that all adult men want to be kids again. And I think that's an idea worth playing with. It's not, Mm. you know, the most original thing in the world, but it's an idea worth playing with, and they don't play enough. Yeah, it's a line to follow, and they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Stu- uh, stupid idea, possibly. Marge also gets hypnotized to think she's 10 and like, Bart and Lisa are the Marge and Homer now. No, that's so fucking hacky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I, just a body swap episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a freaky Friday, but sure, we haven't done that yet. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I like the idea of it wearing off slowly because then Hibbert can be all, oh, it'll wear off slowly, but at some point he's going to have to make a decision and he may stay trapped forever. And then it becomes, that gives him more, what's the word I'm looking for? Impetus? No. Agency. Impotence? <laughs> oh, he doesn't like that. Wait, no, he does. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like double negatives. <laughs> but with dick. So as, for, <laughs> so as for what I'd change, um, yeah, look, I said it before, just cut out the whole fucking safety inspector retiring and Homer's whole yep. workaholic thing. I mean, it did lead to a line that I like with Marge going, honey, workaholic is probably your best holic, but mm. I mean, I, I think, think the one just... that I really liked around there was when he came home and he'd been doing his job for the first time in his life. Yeah. And he was like, I'm so stressed, Marge. Look how small my tie is. He's been ringing it all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so many collar tugs. But I think you can just get there a lot quicker with just Mr. Burns is coming down harder on him or something. It's just, we took a long road to get Homer stressed out about work, which mm. again, it can tie into the theme of this episode but it didn't really so it just makes me wonder why it was even there if you're going to play with the big trope then why do you not actually play with the big trope and have an uncomfortable scene where marge tries to seduce him (laughs) that could be amazing to also just like have marge have some sexual agency there rather than being like i wish my husband was around because otherwise i can't enjoy myself at all even though he's terrible and the worst all the time (laughs) like to have her actually be like I want some alone time with my husband and for him to just not clock what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The whole uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Tom Hanks in big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a like, weird big by way of Freaky Friday. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Freaky you <know>. big. <laughs> <laughs> big Friday. <laughs> Wasn't that Sarah Jessica Parker's boyfriend in the Sex and the Something show? Oh, yeah, Freaky Big. Mr. Freaky Big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had one guest star in this episode of Stacey Keach as Don Buchner. I don't remember Care? this. 
Stacey Keach's, like, the, that American grizzled voice that's in everything. Like, the guy who was retiring. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, that's how unmemorable that character was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my go-to point for Stacey Keach is from 30 Rock, where he's mm. the guy doing all the Couch Town ads. Yes. When did we get so soft? <laughs> Bubblegum used to cut your fucking mouth open and all that shit. Yeah, I love that bit. I should watch that show. Yeah. Oh, 30 Rock is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the best television series, like, totally. But yeah, so Stacey Keach, like, absolutely look him up. His IMDb is ridiculous. He has literally been in everything. Nice. <laughs> Any musical moments that stood out to you guys? You already mentioned Baker Street, so we're good. Incredible that a 10-year-old knows every note. So yeah. <laughs> not so much Lisa, because she's a practice musician, but mm-hmm. like Homer knows every note of Baker Street. Yeah. He's 10 years old. Yeah, well, I guess it would have been a hit around his yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's ever shifting when he was young. He probably uh, time frame, so. Yeah, he probably doesn't know the lyrics though. He's like everybody else. It's a, and in Baker Street. And Be oh, mate, I didn't yeah. even know it was called Baker Street until you said it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that song Dave Grohl wrote. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They did a cover of that. <laughs> BT, any other notes? Okay, when Homer is studying because his job is hard now, there's a book called Depressing Data. I liked that. Or <laughs> Depressing Data. <laughs> Do like they had a men's, a ladies, and a bearded ladies uh, lavatory? Eh. No. 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 In the same vein as the cool lots thing, it's like I feel sometimes that the writers are doing like, this will get those SJW yeah, cooks. Maybe. And it's like, nah. Yeah, I don't, I, it's just, yeah, I know bearded ladies is a circus trope from the 30s. It's just, <laughs> and it's. Uh, yeah, uh, even American Horror Story felt weird about going there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that season was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I will attack anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> and so was Coven. At me, bitches. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fights are happening later. <laughs> Glorious. I got cuddle with your wife, motherfucker, for God's sake. Who doesn't want to cuddle their wife? Wives yeah. are nice to cuddle. Martel Clark could give good hugs, too. She will cuddle sure. like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> She'll cuddle your ass straight off. Just... Your ass be cuddled from my, here till Sunday. My point from there till sun up for sure. <laughs> she ain't letting go. Uh, and finally, we don't often talk about the couch gag and chalkboard gag, but I feel yeah. like it is why. <laughs> Let's dig in. Okay, so the chalkboard gag, Bart is writing, a snowman does not need a carrot penis, and it's like, okay, <laughs> why is he writing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you're going to do the bit, why does it not just say a, carrot, uh, a snowman does not need a second carrot? Yeah, you, there we you go. You let it be... Just word you know, it better. Just yeah. yeah, something just off about Bart writing the word penis and being told... Over and over and over again. Being told by Krabappel, presumably, well, you're going to have to write the word penis 700 times on this blackboard. <laughs> well, it's that post-Simpsons movie thing of, like, dick's funny now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, you know what's funny? Dick. Dick. <laughs> we can open up the dick bag the the bag of jokes. We've opened up the bag of dicks. <laughs> Shall we eat them? No. Uh, and then there's this whole extended three bears couch gag where yeah. Marge, Homer, and Bart are the three bears. And they come across Lisa sleeping and they all get in a fight. Fine. And then smash cut two, they're all eating Homer. And it's like, why? Just, just why? So, it's so what? random. I love that random twisted humor, yeah. man. I love it when they go the there. So when random. they just come in from the le- oh damn, I love it. Yeah, yeah. but why yeah. are the bears cutting up the Homer bear and like? Uh, man, d- if you have to ask, you don't get it. It's just totally <laughs> random, you know. <laughs> because you don't get it. That's the point. Yeah, and I nah. mean, we don't normally bring it up because it's hard to get nitpicky about the couch gag and the chalkboard gags because they're just gags. They're yeah. meant to be separate. And- 
but I think on shot. both occasions, we all three of us just went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I think when that happens, we bring it up. Yeah, and I get, like, you know, I understand maybe not, I guess, focusing on it because it's not the principled sort of thing of the episode, but it is, yeah. it's a tradition by now. So why hmm. let that tradition down so easily you know yeah yeah well, again you have to imagine the writer's room say okay guys so then they fight how do we get out of this um they all eat homer that'll Co- do course like i'm no. going on break like <laughs> what was wrong with cutting when they're all just in that you know cartoon fight bubble thing yeah you know? all right it's time for my final notes ah oh, fuck what was my theme song and now it's time and now it's time for his final notes final Elliot's notes. final notes it's because i didn't write it so i don't remember it yeah it's time for the final notes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you hear? It's still time for the final notes. <laughs> um, They're gonna happen anytime soon. Uh, they make a joke about. Here they come. It's the final notes. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. So they made a joke about the Cubs never winning, and mm. I double check the dates on this. Yeah, this episode released was in was released in January 2015, and the Cubs won in, like, when we were in America, November yeah. of 2016. Oh, wow. <laughs> they got the shits. <laughs> They're like, the fucking Simpsons is riding on its now? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're doubling yeah, our yeah. efforts. Yeah. Everyone, learn how to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was actually pretty cool watching that game that night. and the uh, People were flipping out. Yeah. Yeah, like, what's going on? What? <laughs> he threw the ball good? All right. He threw the ball good yeah. first time. Ooh. Ooh. He ball throw good. Yeah. <laughs> we have a weird ninja Lenny Carl thing going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to do the bit with like, we're going to try and get out of the bathroom without setting off the motion sensors. Like, I feel like if I was bored at work and I had motion sensors, I'd do that. But why? Okay. So. That didn't need to be dressed as a ninjas, but I like the, the bit. And it's why the cartoonist Ka- just going, give us something to do. <laughs> yeah. But then Carl's got a mug that says chillax for some reason. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's Chekhov's mug right there. Like, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, because he does kill that guy with the mug at the end. And that, may, you know, it only makes sense in the context of oh, that right. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. Chillax. <laughs> Smash. Smash. Um, hey, guy. Nice mug. here's my mug shirt yeah (laughs) weird line and of course Judd Apatow must have written this as a film industry insider hey much what films do we have options for Uh, or what properties do we have options for yeah Yeah. I like the beginning of that where he asked the question was like none when were you gonna tell me he's like "Mm." yeah the lead in I was okay with Mm. another useless visual joke of the laptop not connecting to the circus internet with the seal spinning the ball and it's like it's not a joke. The, just... the entire bit was so they could show that visual of the ball spinning on the seal's nose. Do they have interns? Do they have animating interns? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that interns have interns. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> and the interns, interns, interns are just rats tied together. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong, Simpsons. <laughs> it's just like that episode where Fat Tony's got the rat milk operation. And that's just, but yeah, they're writing Simpsons episodes. Because yeah, another useless joke: Homer stepping on the long fingernail, dude. It's it's the manatees in the tank with the yep. balls picking the yeah. Yep. Then Homer steps on long fingernail guy. <laughs> Although I did like the guy doing a spit take, but he had like fifteen swords down his throat. Uh, just like yeah, I like pushing the spit take gag. Where else can we take it? Yeah, sure. Swords. But like, I you know what it was about that? Because that was one of the ones that I saw, and I was like, 
my literal physical reaction in my body was, yeah. oh, I should have found that funny. <laughs> and there was something in the pacing. Yeah. It, it's the pacing again, because when we watched some of those classic episodes last time I was here, it's so rapid fire. Mm-hmm. And you get that criticism a lot with American comedy because of how much they're trying to, you know, slam in all of these punchlines yeah. within X amount of time. Like every American show is guilty of that to a degree. But mm. like, this is... They've slowed it down and it's to its detriment. And that's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. When we were saying in the recent episode as well, yeah, the HD episodes have a lot of weird dead air to them as well. Yes. Mm. 20 minutes is a long time to write for. <laughs> they really do feel like they're padding it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Another retreading on old ground. Oh, this is worse than when you cut off your thumb. Uh, my thumb's gone. No, it's not. And then it just like falls off. It's yeah. a family guy joke. Yeah. It is a family it fully guy joke. It is. <sighs> And but I'm gonna Irish up my coffee, and then he puts like Lucky Charms in it. I could have again. I could have accepted if it was faster, or it was like you didn't do the cut to the Lucky Charms, the cut to him then pouring it. It's like just have him say it and pour it. Like don't yeah, because the they fuck went in the like, yeah, they went in for the close up shot as well. Yeah, it pulled so much focus. It mm. just yeah, just have Maggie like cleaning a glass, cleaning her <laughs> bottle with a rag. <laughs> That's just not go, bad. Uh, Irish is up for me. She just pours Lucky Charms in there. That's that would have worked. <laughs> See? I like that. Better and now. We've got <laughs> Maggie involvement as well. Yeah, that's uh, all it takes. They almost have a moment of the bullies getting involved and they're like, eh, we're just going to walk away from this. Mm. Yeah. It's like, but conflict. This yep. needs conflict. <laughs> <laughs> and my final note is another strange place they went to. Chief Wingham gets hypnotized to think he's a kangaroo, but then he mm. is shown to be not under the spell and thinking he's a kangaroo, yet he's still got Maggie tucked into his belt. Maybe he's kangaroo Jack. Like, he's got that human element to him, you know? <laughs> he's smarter than we give him credit for. Every time people say that movie title, I'm like, oh, that was a movie. Yeah. yeah. It existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of our national history. <laughs> <laughs> Even though no one saw it. No. I feel like it's going to be one of those movies that someone's going to do, like, one of those We Watch This Every Week for a Year podcast. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> it's, yeah. Kangaroo. Coming soon. Not <laughs> yeah. me, though. Not this guy. Shocker not. Haha, <laughs> you have to do it. I'll do not. it. <laughs> oh, I'll do it. It's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it participant. But for the good rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this a participant. And it's mostly just on the back that there is some potential. And, and like I get more frustrated talking about it now. But mm. like ultimately, the experience of it was just still very flat. BT. Uh, yeah, normally I fail the ones that I feel have high potential. I just don't hate this one enough. I don't think it makes enough grave missteps when you want to kick it in the pit. So I will also participant. And David, finish it off. Right, so we have to hate it on pain of death to throw it into well, the it's, fail log. It's always hard to explain exactly the difference between what you want to fail and what you are okay participating. Just go with your guts. I'm going to go with my guts. And, like, you know, compared to everything else within the industry that Judd Apatow has done, Mm -hmm. this is a fail. Yeah, that's fair. Wow. That's fair. I'm glad someone gave it a look. It needed one. It needed that tarnish on the (laughs) record. Finally, someone bringing Judd Apatow down to our level. I don't know. I mean, the episode needed at least one. Someone's going to take this son of a bitch down. I mean, I would argue, but I've already beaten him today, so. (laughs) Judd, zero. Ben? At me, Apatow. <laughs> so, averaging out, this will be a dull participant. This will be joining other dull participants from season 26, like Waiting for Duffman. That's when Homer becomes the new Duffman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and some other dull participants, Whistler's father, when Grandpa be- is a world champion Whistler, apparently. Oh, uh, right. The Great Fatsby Part 1, when... <laughs> when we still had hope. <laughs> okay, that's a good joke. <laughs> I'll pay that. Fatsby? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that was one that was like, they were doing a Great Gatsby thing, and stylistically, it was beautiful and like mm. looked the part, but no substance. And then the yeah. then Part 2 was just outright yeah. offensive. No substance, so it was just like Baz Luhrmann stuff there. Hey. Bam! Man, oh. <laughs> Relish an opportunity to rip on Baz Luhrmann. I fucking hate Baz Luhrmann shit. All right, guys, before we move on, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Old wild card, how's he doing? Oh, he's sticking to form. He gave this episode a B. All right, of course he did. A Just B? That old wild I can't even be mad. That old wild yeah. card. Like, AV Club do rank a lot harsher than certainly my scale, which is admittingly overweighted in the good positive <laughs> rankings. But So, like, their B is probably, like, our bronze maybe bordering on a silver. Mm. But anyway, he says, I reject the idea that The Simpsons is out of stories because there is no end to the stories to be spun out of the relationships and conflicts of the family unit. Dennis? Dennis. 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 <laughs> Look, no one's saying the sitcom as form is dead. Just this one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, there's a joke there about old yellow, you know. <laughs> um, Can you see the rabbit's blue eyes? <laughs> and we have another reputation justified from IGN, Jesse Shadeen. He gave this one a 6.8 out of 10. Generous. Wow. Very generous. Again, on IGN scale... Uh, That's you, a failure. You have to have committed <laughs> genocide to get a five. So yeah, they fucking gave Crackdown a three or like a four or something recently, and oh I'm like, god. wow, this must be terrible. Oh my god, they're like, we put it into the Xbox and it didn't work. Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Xbox just fucking flings it back at you, and then <laughs> just flung out and embedded in my chest. Three out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I like the box art. Worst <laughs> things could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> He says, while it had been a perfectly decent new chapter of the show, the episode felt typical of the current season instead of resembling the older episodes that Apatow had been watching when he first wrote it. Which I think we've said it as well. It feels like they've, mm. they've gone through and like modernised it by going, okay, put Wi-Fi here, 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 and here. Yep. And Marge pulls out a Hitachi wand here. And <laughs> <laughs> but like, surely Fox have the money and the pull as well to just be like, hey, Judd, remember when you wrote that spec script for us like X years ago? Why didn't you just give that a polish up and then bada bing, bada boom, we have a yeah. Judd Apatow episode of The Simpsons. I yeah. bet. They just went to the archives, or sorry, more like the dregs of Fox, down into like the catacombs, and they found a spec script he submitted. Yeah. He didn't revamp, he didn't get the chance to revamp it, they just blew off the doff line, this man is famous now, we will make money. Yeah, when the writer's room was once again in a cocaine coma, and they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. fuck, what do we do? Yeah, exactly, they just dusted off a script that, and Apatow had no idea until this podcast. <laughs> He happened. was watching the episode and he was like, see, it's written by Judd Apatow. I was like, hang on. <laughs> Wait, did I? That's why this check from The Simpsons came through. <laughs> My favourite podcast, The Simpsons Index, has alerted me to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, it's time for our next episode. And we're going all the way to the start of the teens era in a season 10 episode called Maximum Homer Drive. Which you oh, yeah? think by the title might be the Max Power one, but no. no I know what the, that's a reference to. It's a <laughs> reference to Maximum Overdrive. 
the horror movie written and directed by Stephen King when he was so high, he doesn't remember doing it. <laughs> Have you seen, like, the trailer that he stars in, like, hyping it up? Yeah. Oh, my God, I need this in my life. You haven't seen it? Oh, <laughs> no, it I is have not. so good. But yeah. I'm going to because you're going to show me oh, before yeah. this episode. Yeah, I think I, we have to. Yeah, and yeah. Actually, yeah, may as well mention it here as well. Yardley Smith was also in that uh, really? movie. Really? Damn. Yeah, Voice of Lisa was in Maximum Overdrive, Stephen well, King's cocaine fucking dream come alive (laughs) (laughs) alright we'll be back And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode, and this was Season 10, Episode 17, Maximum Homer Drive. First released in March of 1999, it was directed by Swinton O. Scott III. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Stephen King. (laughs) I wish. Uh, Written by Stephen King, I mean John Swartzwelder. In this episode, Homer gets into an eating contest with a trucker, and although the trucker wins, he does lose his life, and Homer decides to take up his trucking route, and in the B story, Marge and Lisa buy a doorbell. Guys, what do we think? Marge and Lisa go wild. (laughs) You won't believe what they do next. (laughs) Oh, man, a lot of fun, this one. Yeah. Goofy teen era mm-hmm. Simpsons, but it does have that John Swartzwelder sheen about mm-hmm. it. And I do, I think I might like the B story more. Yeah. It's so ridiculously cute and stupid. Yeah, well, jumping on that, I'm just going to say that's the moment of the story that stood out to yeah, me. That was my bit. Nah. Well, it can stand out to you. Do you want it to stand out to you? No. No? I'll find something else. Boys, (laughs) boys. Yeah, I do like what starts that off, is just Marge is sitting around bored of the house. It's like, why do they get to have an adventure? I want an adventure. And then her best idea is doorbell. Uh, uh, Musical doorbell. True, true. That's the kicker. Yeah. I think the part I like most is um, when Marge, I'm looking for a particular bell. It sounds like this. She sings it completely yeah. wrong. And then even because when... that reminds me so much of what my mum would do. <laughs> Why do birds suddenly appear? Over there, over, over here. here. <laughs> no, nah, mine too. My mom does that all the time. And like for ages, she was trying to track down this song. And she's like, it's like, carry on, you know, my father, when I was a boy, took me to. It's by, um, you know, she's got the face, that one. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> but yeah, out of all the songs and I'm like trying to go through. Carry oh, on my wayward song. And, <laughs> and it ends up being the fucking Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm like. Your mom sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is very cool. But yeah. So when the doorbell is, like, playing the melody, yeah. she's not even singing along to it right. Ah, <laughs> uh, you classic mom. Yeah. Marge had a really fun story in this. So, BT, what about this episode stands out to you, for better or worse? It's a tough call, but I'm going to have to say it was the monster that ate everybody. Even uh, Maurice and... Bit ate everybody. Stupid. <laughs> Can I point out... That that is a stolen gag. Really? They've pinched that from Red Dwarf, from the first episode of Red Dwarf. You're kidding. Yeah, so like they have a character who is sort of Hal-like appropriate, because they also have Mm. one in this, Hal from Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, in the beginning of Red Dwarf, when the protagonist wakes up and he's being spoken to by the ship's AI and everyone's dead, and he's like, 
really? Reggie? It's like, yes, Dave. They're all dead, Dave. <laughs> Even Marge? Yes, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Well, it's still a great one. And just all the glimpses of Americana Homer and Bart go through on this one. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, like, it's a wacky teens episode. Like, it does feel capital W wacky. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. It's put together well enough that you have a good time. It doesn't matter that, yeah, they stunt flip a truck over six other trucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that needs to be there. That's oh, yeah. very important. <laughs> How about you, David? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you, for better or worse? Oh, Millhouse selling seed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the birds so, got him. <laughs> I think the thing that all of us laughed at the loudest was the point where they stopped at a gas station, which was called the Gassy Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking nice. good. It's so throwaway. It's, yeah. it's yeah. literally like, you know, maybe 10 frames and it's gone. Yeah. And that's, it's such a good gag to just have in the background there, which is like pinnacle wacky Simpsons. Yeah, that's it. It's coming back from an act break. It's just mm-hmm. easing you in and throwing you a little joke. And even like the ones that I didn't get, they don't pull focus. They move away from like they had a thing about Jimmy Hoffa. You sort of seem to react to that, yeah. David. Do you know what that was about? <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy Hoffa was like, and I'm probably going to get this slightly wrong. Jimmy Hoffa was like a criminal underworld figure who like disappeared and his body was never found. It's like, imagine if Harold Holt was a gangster. Right. That's kind of the Jimmy Hoffa thing. Yeah. I was under the impression he was like a union rep or something. Probably. Anyway, the point <laughs> thing is, he was, yeah, a guy who vanished under mysterious circumstances. I heard he was a line chef. Yeah. <laughs> I think the f- most famous one is he's buried in Fenway Park, I think. Y- yeah, that's... Uh, I heard Telly was eight feet tall. <laughs> Shuck a red hair. <laughs> Eyes like lightning. There were a lot of things from this episode that are like, oh, these are a ton of things that I quote from The Simpsons that feel just mm. obscure and not linked to much. Like, yeah. 10-4, dead buddy. I'm sure <laughs> I've said that to people in the past. No, even the it ate everybody. Like, yeah. I feel like that's been memed and, like... There were a lot of those, like... Yeah, Simpsons broke my brain moments. Yeah. They broke my bane as well. (laughs) Um, Like when Homer gets out on the front of the truck and he's like, come on up, boy, it's windy. I play that in my head. Anytime it's windy, I'm like, oh, boy, it is windy. (laughs) (laughs) No, totally. And play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? I would say I've probably seen this one four or five times. Yeah. I would say a truckload. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen this one a bunch. I know I videotaped it back in the day. I mean, yeah, this is still 90s Simpsons. Like, Mm. yeah, 90s teen era. So, yeah, let's get into some more of these wacky moments in a very fucking wacky episode. (laughs) They give you a basket of hooves. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they, okay, the slaughterhouse. Fucking, yeah. And I like the detail that Lisa didn't go with them. Yeah. I think what was great <laughs> is that they really, like, they came out of the gate swinging with exactly what the episode was about. They yeah. were just yeah. like, here we're going to go for, like, gags, gags, gags. So they start with the, and I told the nurse, you could take your free tetanus shot and you can cram it. Yeah. And then, like, they have this throwaway line about, like, why did Lenny bite you? Oh, and well, I really gave him no choice. <laughs> you see? And then just cuts to Lisa complaining about the restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, I will say the one bit that I didn't need was the immediate payoff of that joke yeah. where Homer's got a clenched jaw and he's prying it. But yeah, that why did Lenny bite you? Is just, wait, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I love why did Lenny bite you is a great. That would have been fine for a throwaway, but to follow up with a oh well, you say I really left him no choice. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an extra bit that's even funnier. And to go with like the vibe of the Lisa the vegetarian episode, yeah. it's mm. got that that real great portrait of just gluttonous America played as silly as yeah. it possibly can be. You've got beef fried beef. And to drink, 
Meatballs. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of wackiness and the, the meat in this place. Okay, so their biggest steak that's not the eating challenge was 72 ounces, which is like just a bit over two kilos. Well, man. That's a big hunk of cow. Yeah, mm. I, I like a big steak, but I think I'd be dying at 500 grams. Surely like, anyone would. Like, yeah. surely most, that's the joke, right? People. Yeah. But so then the actual, you worked it out, Beach, the actual challenge steak 7.25 kilograms. Jesus fucking Christ. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Well, I just ate a whole lamb, but yeah, I'll school you. <laughs> no, yeah. I love the bit before that. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty tough one. I wouldn't recommend it, especially for greenhorns. Who's a greenhorn? What's a greenhorn? <laughs> yeah, 16 pounds, 7.25 kilograms. Fucking hell. <laughs> also, I feel like from my childhood, probably the advertising slogan from The Simpsons. I feel like I saw this in every mm. ad for The Simpsons was Bart saying, suck him, Dad. Suck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I really like Bart in this bit. He does have that bit of trying to get home and to get into a fight, but then he's actually being very supportive during the eating contest. <laughs> yeah. Being his hype man and, you yep. know, don't save her. Chew, chew. And then just, like, throwing meat into his face. No, Homer, don't fill up on bread. <laughs> oh, right, the steak. <laughs> Oh, That's humans so are so ridiculous. He's not even halfway through, Walter, and he's already hallucinating. <laughs> that felt like a Frasier moment, hey? <laughs> <laughs> they do have martini glasses. <laughs> Stupid stuck-up cows. <laughs> yeah, so the other wackiness, of course, is the automated truck navigation Tron 2000 HAL computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when it ejects itself from the truck when it sees the situation <laughs> is impossible. I can't let you do that, Red. Gotta go. <laughs> it's a ridiculous angle for the plot to take but it just feels like it works yeah Yeah. by that point you're just on board you're like okay i'm having fun let's do this yeah and it's quite clever Mm. it's a clever way for the episode to go and it gives the other truckers a reason to want to shut him down it's great i completely agree and at at this point you know how do you elevate the trucking story from here because it's just they're going from point a to point b and and trucking is not inherently thrilling yeah (laughs) and so i really like that as yeah the second act cliffhanger like looking like he's going to go over a cliff and then introducing a new element that Mm. drives a like a new conflict based on the same story in the third act it's brilliant it's acutely aware of where Mm. it stands in like the actual history of the simpsons yeah yeah. it's even as the moment he jumps into the truck and marge goes oh and no because of course that's a reaction we have that great moment of oh goodbye marge he starts driving and he's like marge you didn't say goodbye (laughs) bye it didn't sound like you meant it she's like (laughs) All right. Bye, sweetie. Have fun. Sucker! It knows exactly where it sits, and that's what makes it so enjoyable. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun with this, and of course, we're going to talk about more wacky moments, but was there heart in this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps? Marge is perfect <laughs> isn't she just i feel hectic bumps for yeah. much like just... you know in the previous episode when she was just like craving it it just didn't yeah. feel in keeping with the marge and not that like you know marge can't have that yeah it's, it's just yeah, like it didn't feel it, in keeping. that's her entire thing in the previous one yeah whereas yeah i love her idea of a wild time is a musical doorbell <laughs> and when it's stuck she's like 
could get bored of this song. Why the birds suddenly <laughs> But just that the whole complication <laughs> is that she refuses to break the rules to such an extent yeah. that Lisa can't even press the doorbell. No. It has to be someone else coming to the door. Oh, good. Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we're bothering people with this. <laughs> we don't have all the answers. Let's go get real jobs. <laughs> yeah, and all the ways that they can't get the doorbell to get rung. Like... Yeah, great little Raphael bit here as well. Ah, uh, yes. Would you half order a garlic bread or not? Yeah, they, they ordered the very bare minimum for delivery. It's like, is Raphael a regular? Because I know the voice, but yeah. I didn't know Raphael as a character. Weirdly enough, the voice is the regular. It transports yeah. bodies a fair amount. He does kind of have a standard body now. But okay. yeah. yeah, but mustache sarcastic gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, that's that's what I waiting. think of him. <laughs> yeah. This little guy writes mysteries. You know, that guy. <laughs> but yeah, and I like that if your father was here, yeah, they'd be repo men and bounty hunters and uh, process servers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got a lot out of a seemingly simple doorbell story. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about it. And us. can you imagine if the show had ended, I don't know, around season 12 or something, mm. and we were watching this and just going, this is genius. Like, they're so great at analysing who and what they are, but without yeah. ever, like, really betraying it. Yeah. Without ever falling apart or becoming, yeah, without ever imitating their imitators. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I also want to say the extra layer of Marge wanting the doorbell to play birds suddenly appear is a reference to Homer and her song. Yeah, that's right. From oh. the episode where they, the prom episode. Oh, it is too. Yes, it shows up a couple of times, but they never stop and point at it and say, this is our song. It just reoccurs, and I really like that. That's yeah. very sweet. Mm. Yeah, especially in the last episode where I felt like they were pointing things at. Remember when we did this before? The yeah. thumb thing, remember? Yeah, yeah, this one was just, it's there, and the continuity's there if you notice it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, as far as the heart goes... Yeah, th- this isn't a particularly emotional episode. This is a gag factory, but it's oh, a yeah. fun gag factory. Yeah, big adventure. It's good fun. Yeah. But I'm now convinced the heart's there. Like, as <laughs> you just brought that up, I'm subtext. totally convinced that it's yeah. there. That's a love for the show and its history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true, I think. Hell like yeah. Like I said, it, knowing what it is is very important because, yeah, Schwarzwald has written some a lot of very varied episodes, often with the same kind of humor, but he didn't. I'm thinking of the Jacques episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Schwarzwalder? I don't know. Let me check. <laughs> now, I'm going to double check this. I'm going to make the point as though it was correct. <laughs> All right. But that's one that is entirely drama and emotion based where every single mm. word is just subtext. And it's in the first season where we're still figuring out what the show is and what it can be. And so, yeah, to have this one in there, what was it, 15th season? Where it's just this like, one, this was 10. Well, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> You're right, it was written by John Swartz. Yeah, so it's written by the same guy where this is just a wacky adventure. Yeah, it really speaks to the evolution of the show and what they can do with it. And him just going, well, you know what, we can do what we like now. So Homer becomes a trucker and something about a robot. I don't know. But I feel like I'm laughing with the characters yeah, instead absolutely. of at them. Like yeah. it doesn't feel, Homer feels archetypal and he feels like Homer, but he doesn't feel self-parodical. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a touch. <laughs> Especially at the end where he's like, now to go home. And how exactly are we going to do that? Eh, the good Lord will provide. You crazy? <laughs> I'm not driving a train float of napalm through Springfield. Thank you. And he literally just changes hats. Yeah, <laughs> put on his little conductor's hat. <laughs> but, I mean, no one knows these characters better than John Swartzwelder because even still to this day, even though he hasn't been on the show since season 15 or whatever, he has written the most Simpsons episodes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like by a very wide margin as well. And Do you have like a rough number to, to mind? or 68 or something. Woof. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. And I think it's no coincidence that 15 is, like, around the point where we have noticed the definite dip in quality. Because mm. there was no longer creative consultant John Schwarzwalder around? Yeah. 
But even then, his last episode was the Regina monologues, which was The Simpsons Go to Britain and Meet Tony uh, Blair. Oh, uh, dear. Just qualify that. Yep, he wrote 59 episodes of The Simpsons. There you go. 10 mm. short of a decent number. <laughs> uh, sorry? The there was some interesting background... <laughs> There were some interesting, like, background jokes. Again, like, the previous episode that we watched had these background jokes about, you know, oh, such and such died here or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this was going for that, which I always think of as kind of a, like, a Saturday Night Live hangover. It's like, this is a reference people will get, but it's just super passing. So you've got the gassy knoll, which we all loved. Yeah. Then you also had Atlanta, home of Ted Turner's mood swings. (laughs) (laughs) So Ted Turner's bipolar, that's that's edge play. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's edge play right there. But, like, again, because they pass over it so quickly, it's sort of like, you know, like, edgy. And then they move on very quickly. But I didn't get much chance to read all of them because we didn't stop. But when someone said, we got ourselves a 1038. I have it on Frankie Yak. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> I knew this was happening. Yeah, the sign gags in this episode. I've got so much fuel for the social media posts. Well, this get week. ready to feel weird. So, okay. 1033, actual bear in air. 1034, can't unchain wallet. <laughs> 1035, hard enough for you. Uh, 1036, ghost truck on highway. 1037, ask me about my grandchildren. <laughs> 10.38, outside of blabbing about auto drive system, mm-hmm. 10.40, taxes due, but 10.39, I love you, gay. Really? That's the one I spotted, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, And his finger's over like the next word. It just has a letter T, so maybe just gay time. time? I don't know. It's, uh, I thought it was yeah. gay buddy originally. It might be. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. no, that makes sense. Instead of good buddy, it's gay buddy. Yeah. Um, so that's I probably, love you, gay buddy. I guess. It's like, I guess that's not that it's bad, not, yeah. really. So ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes. Undoubtedly. Wacky adventures, but it's not overly self-referential or, you know, hey, guys, look how wacky this is. It's, yeah, like you said, we're laughing with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're well past the classic era, but it's definitely blurring as well. Like, mm. it's classic teens, I reckon. So, yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yes. Hell yeah. Yes, I would, good buddy. <laughs> All right, we're going to watch it again. We're going to put it in a playlist. What playlist does this go in? Unexpected songs playing. <laughs> So when Homer's all like, we need a little trucking music. That was good. Yeah. So put that with um, Mona Simpson when they're about to break down the door and it's Waterloo. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Or uh, Sunshine Lollipops from the Ruth Powell episode. And when Homer takes the hippies on a freak out and he just keeps playing Uptown Girl by <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. so there we go. So there's that musical playlist and also the When Birds Suddenly Appear playlist. Yep. When birds suddenly uh, playlist? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Good thing there's editing. Um, uh, <laughs> put it in with like monster movies. Put it in with the bloodening and the redeadening and space yep. mutants and you know what? Throw in apes are popping. Yeah, the drive-in playlist. President in chimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Oh, I do not think I have anything that. Really... Let me just check my notes here. I just think we never got nope. enough chance to see the doorbell character develop. The bell told for him too early. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, he's like Batman. He's here and then he whisks off into the night. And the less you know, the more mysterious he is. I want to see the season 28 episode focused around Senior Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's ripe for a terrible episode. Because they gave Gil his whole own episode, didn't they? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kill Girls Volume 1 and 2. That's extremely good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but such a bad episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. But he had a cracker of a line in here because he actually yeah. sounded like he was straight out of Glengarry Glen Ross. Fully. When she was saying, oh, Lisa, you could be a doorbell salesman. Except <laughs> that's just what old Gil needs, another piranha in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved all his jokes. And even the silly one of Nelson setting the poop bag on fire in the <laughs> yep. store. And then he's like... Ah, uh, the day's my evaluation with Senior Ding Dong. And then we find out Senior Ding Dong is a person. Yeah, that's right. There was a thing saying that they weren't sure if he was a marketing ploy or not, but like... Once upon a time, that yeah. was true. <laughs> now I am so much more. But Does yeah. anyone have any jumper cables? Like, I'm sure I've said that with that exact intonation at yeah. some other point in my life, or at least thought well, it. Or like when you, act- you turn the key the first time, it doesn't work. You're like, oh shit. Does anyone have a... No, yeah. wait, there it goes. It's a good... Is it a cold end? It's not really a cold end. <laughs> uh, no, I, again, if you think about the writing, is uh, they're like, okay, so how do we get out of this? You just save the day. It's like, well, what's the opposite of what would happen? You're like, well, you know, they'd, they'd ride off heroically into the sunset. Yeah. Okay, then his car doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> that, that's funny. I feel like they've done a lot of ride off into the sunset moments at this yeah. point in The Simpsons as well. Yeah, for sure. So they just go, let's go with the opposite. Yeah. Let's go with him asking if anyone, and killing all the mystery. We're going, you stupid Chevy. <laughs> How about you, David? Is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? I don't think so. Like, I'm, you know, like maybe you could have pared back the wackiness a little bit, but yeah. honestly, no. This is going to be one of those like mid season episodes that you're just there for the ride mm. and it's a joy. It's, yeah. it's just a big old fun 20 minutes. Yeah, that's it. And I can't think of anything because I don't think I'm good enough to change this one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it- <laughs> And that's the way it should be. Mm. Yeah. Like any time, especially if you're not a writer and you're watching an episode of TV yeah. and you're like, I could do better than this. That's the point at which you just need to switch off. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, that's exactly the way you should be looking at it. I mm. couldn't possibly do better than this. Yep. Yeah. Any musical moments that stood out to you guys? All I know is I've got a fever and the only solution is more doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) I really think I nailed the shrillness of the doorbell, though, especially going into that break where, like, Marge just just pulls the wire, says, fuck it, and it just accelerates. (laughs) And it's a nice way of acknowledging how goddamn irritating that song actually is. I will never understand anyone's attachment to that song. Oh, it's cute. Anything on a three-second loop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On a three-second loop that is, like, yeah, doorbell tone. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon New Millennium Cyanide Christ on a three-second loop would be fine. I could live with that, really. <laughs> Don't make us challenge that. <laughs> <laughs> So, BT, any other notes? Several, actually. I love Mr. Burns at the Slaughterhouse restaurant. Jesus Christ. (laughs) murdering all these cows for fun. (laughs) And this is something that they were saying in the commentary for this episode, that they had to make sure that the cow deaths were very much off screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Way too much to have on screen. But the sound effect and the... Gun, but just Mr. Burns' quiet glee. That one didn't put up much of a fight. I'll just have a glass of milk. From that cow. <laughs> yep. Wish you were her. How many of these is going to send me? Yeah. And he's been gone for like half a day at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this man died of beef poisoning. Probably from some other restaurant. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, again, like, and it goes back to the last time I was here. Mm. With these episodes, it's almost like the best you can do is quote them. Yeah. That's what they're yeah. there for. Oh, yeah. 
No, that's it. There's nothing to say. That, oh, that should have that, and then, then uh, no, it's just I had a good time. It's a bloody <laughs> romp. I had I had an adventure. God damn it. Yeah. Oh yeah, like finding out. I think probably my favorite is the reveal of the mystery. It's like you know, here's the delivery. Bang on time. All right, let's have a look. See what's in the back of the truck. Got artichokes and migrant workers. Perfect. <laughs> it's just like, and then you remember. Oh fuck! <laughs> that thing did like a mm-hmm. double flip in the air. <laughs> let's hope the head seatbelt. Or at least the uh, cushioning artichokes. Yeah, I was about to say, land, yeah, exactly. land on the artichokes. Nature's softest vegetable. <laughs> uh, like when Homer's getting told off, it just looks at a squirrel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you stop looking at that squirrel. Which it feels like they were doing in the writer's room on the regular. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop. Oh, sorry, squirrel. My American friend, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. She couldn't get what... Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> well, hello there, Stephanie. <laughs> the Simpsons Index says hello. She couldn't get out of family's fascination with squirrels like i was showing her like all these photos of like my family like gathering around a squirrel and just looking at it and taking photos and she's like they're like rats to us yeah why do you care i did the same thing in scotland in a park and i'm like got my camera and i'm like look at the little guys and they're all like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) it's a fucking squirrel (laughs) yeah there's a very good uh web comic of a rat talking to a squirrel and just goes can i ask you a question who handles your pr <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. My favorite, my final note, and also one of my favorite notes is ah, my good knife. My wife's gonna kill me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that whole action sequence as well. Yeah, yeah. Not just the truck flipping. Uh, what was the other one? The eat uh, water. Good buddy. When he squirts oh him yeah, with the that's right. Wipers. <laughs> That reminds me of the Mr. Bean bit where he's like running late for work or something and he's brushing his teeth using the windscreen wipers. I just feel like I did well at this trivia night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fully. All right, it's time for my final notes. And yeah, we were pretty efficient with this episode. I haven't got many. I liked the Heimlich machine. Yep. Great gag of playing with the expectation where, yeah, saves the woman from choking and then she slips on her own yep. uh, meat choke. Yeah. There's a nasty joke after that as well when they take off Red Barclay in the plastic yeah. thing and it says, you know, like I died at the slaughterhouse on it. And then they, the coroner is saying to Marge, you might want to take one of these plastic bags. He did eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Could still be dead. But yeah, the slaughterhouse has this happen enough. That it's like, we should make our own body bags. <laughs> oh man, that's such good marketing. Branding. <laughs> there was a bit of a weird joke when Homer was in the truck restaurant with Bart and he's like, oh, maybe we can just live here forever and I'll make Gwen my wife. <laughs> and it's like, will there be anything else, sugar? For now. <laughs> For yeah. Now. Yeah, a little weird, but I did kind of just like the, the daydream of it, like living in the truck stop, watching all the people come and go. and It's like only the real world side of Twin Peaks in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what yep. everyone wants is just that diner life. Yep, just a <laughs> new best friend every day. Just a damn fine coffee and a slice of cherry pie. <laughs> sneaky Peaks. I'm not going to lie. Wow, yeah, we did do a Sneaky Peaks. That's amazing. We, <laughs> n- we never do that. We are like the dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. The other thing I want to just jump on quickly before we move on is branded body bags. Let's get on that. Because if I'm getting carted away and, you know, people are a mixture of sad and happy, they're going to be like, now, what body bag would he prefer? And you're like, you'd be like, yep, give him the game over. He'll like that. It just says, <laughs> I watched every episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> I watched every episode of The Simpsons and all I got was a stupid body bag. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'll take it. I'll pay extra for that. <laughs> I'm still not as dead as seasons 15. <laughs> 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 
Marge has a great line of, all right, we're going to open up some whoop tushy on this. Yep. Ah, oh, fuck, I love Marge. <laughs> this is a perfect Marge episode. Yeah. yeah. And my final lo- note is that the truckers, now that they aren't going to pull this scam, are moving on to another scam of, uh, uh sorry. Leg and beanie babies? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually not too bad to say, bootleg and beanie babies. Bootleg and beanie babies. Bootleg and beanie babies. It's like maybe six coffees in in the writing room and someone <laughs> just said it and they're like, fuck that, babies. <laughs> it's time to rank this thing. BT, your turn to kick it off. Oh, man, I'm, I'm conflicted on this one. Because when we were watching it, I'm like, this is probably a gold. And then I'm sitting there thinking about it, like, oh, maybe it's a silver. Because, again, it's a fun ride. There's not a lot of depth to it. I think that's how we got through the discussion so quickly. Then, again, it doesn't need depth to be a good episode. But then it needs depth to be a great episode. These are the big questions. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. <laughs> I feel like it's a silver A plot with a, just a gold B plot for the Marge stuff. Like, there's nothing wrong with the A plot. It's just, it's fun. And you go along, you have a good time, but it's not great. And if you put I silver suppose. and gold together, yeah, you I, get I get a Neil Young album. <laughs> Um, oh god! I yeah, no, nice cut there, me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you pay you the big bucks. Oh, me, me is gonna love that joke, right? Driving to work, be like, hey, hey, get it. <laughs> nice one, BT. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with a silver, but I do reserve my right to blurt something else out later. All right, David, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, it's but tough. at the same time, I just have fun with that. I'm gonna give it a gold. Yeah. It's, oh. it's well deserved. It's like not I said, a cubic. It's I'm not a cubic. I'm still debating. <laughs> yeah, it's not a cubic, but yeah. it does, it does have the gold in it. And again, I don't know if that's just comparatively to the later episode. But no, no, it's not. There's a bit of nostalgia, but it's mostly just it's immediately satisfying, and that's mm. what I'm here for from this show. Yeah, it's a good amount of fun. I am struggling to put it in the excellent rank as well. It's just... I get that. To me, it's just got an overall oeuvre of silver, even though I said it myself, I'm not good enough to write anything that's better than this, but... Yeah, I um, I can't personally give it anything more than a silver, even though, yeah, it's a damn good time and I'll watch it again. Oh, should I cave to peer pressure? No, stay strong, Dad. <laughs> no, no. I want someone to give it. I'm want. still honestly still thinking about but then I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, but last chance. One of us has to be no, brave. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I proved the other week where. <laughs> you set precedent. <laughs> yeah. We can call up Jordan at any hour of the day and change my rank. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to be an episode where it's like, you know what? I'm going to give this a bronze. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <Fully. laughs> All right. Well, averaging out, this will be a shiny silver. And this will be joining other shiny silvers like Bart Carney, where Bart's a Carney. Mm-hmm. What a great title. Yeah. <laughs> it says what it is in the box. Monty Can't Buy Me Love. That's where Monty buys a Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. Well, I steals like that it. One. <laughs> yeah. Was. Holy crap. That was the thing I was referencing before when you right. and you said, Did you have anything else to say? And I said, Nah. I was oh. doing that was the funny th- that's where it's from. <laughs> the Loch Ness Monster not wanting a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're not great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Another Schwarzwelder as well. True, yeah, yeah. Grift of the Magi, which we reviewed with Pods in the Key of Springfield, that's with the Funzo robots and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, a surprisingly good Teens Era episode. There's a lot of Teens Era episodes in the shiny silver category. Children of a Lesser Clod, when Homer opens the babysitting business mm-hmm. after he tears his ACL. And Weekend at Burnsies, when Homer gets all about that dank weed, bro. Yeah. Oh, that one. All right, guys, it's time to move on to the classic here and what a classic we have lined up. And David, I did want to bring you something special. Spooky, but Ooh. because 
of Treehouse of Horror. It sort of seems like Simpsons get their sort of fix on horror stories. So there's not actually that many of them that are, like, scary, but they do have a few with everybody's favourite ex-clown sideshow <laughs> Bob. Excellent. So we're going all the way back to season three's Black Widower. We'll be Black oh. Widower. <laughs> no, cutting no. that. We'll be back. <laughs> Please don't cut it. (laughs) Why isn't the cut button working? (laughs) And we are back and we just watched our classic episode for the evening. This was Season 3, Episode 21, Black Widower. First released in April of 92. It was directed by David Silverman, written by, this is complicated, but the teleplay was by John Vitti and the story was by Sam Simon and Thomas Chastain. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> Basically, it means like it was plotted out by the other two guys, and then the actual episode was written by this final person. I mean, a lot of the time it's actually written by like a panel of writers, yeah. but there's yeah. kind of like the person who does the majority of the work, and that's the teleplay writer. So oh, I, okay. I, I, I just picture two really stone guys throwing the ideas, the one guy's trying to get some work done. <laughs> I was like, okay, then what happens? That's uh, Selma. That's it. You understand the writer's room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In this episode. Yeah, you should know this one at home. This is the one where Sideshow Bob and Selma get married. What did we think? Oh, man. So good. It's got the biggest cat in the whole wide world. <laughs> Pepito. <laughs> what more could you possibly want? I said with the last episode that it was kind of like, you know, this perfect summation of like Wacky Simpsons era. Mm. If that was like a love note to everything that is great about Wacky Simpsons, this was a love note to everything that is great about genre. Yeah. yeah. This was just such a genre conscious episode and it's tight as hell. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's not a huge laugher, but it's just so well paced and so well plotted and uh, it's so great. It's so well thought out. Yeah. When well, they were basically like, yeah, let's just play with genre on this one and do what a mystery. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to straight out of the gate say, for better or worse, what stood out to me was the coloring in this episode. Yes. Huh. When and they're driving just after they got married yeah. and it's like a green and blue wash but then Sideshow Bob starts talking a bit more sinister and the colour palette goes a bit more red and orange mm-hmm. and warm colours. Yeah, it's Hitchcock shit. Yeah. yeah. And even more so in the camera movements mm. and there's joy in it. Like, to even say the words camera movements in an yeah. animated show, but know, it's there. But it's absolutely true, especially that bit where uh, he walks in and Bart's actually sitting in the chair and he kind of in shock desperation knocks the light bulb which swings back and reveals Selma oh, is perfect. like it's yeah. perfect yeah oh and the lighting moves with that as well it's wonderful mm. yeah and when Bart goes to explain it I was actually reading up they actually ran a glass bottle across the screen you know when they're doing like the flashback go back and explain everything mm-hmm. when they're doing like that fading transition they actually were like using warped glass in front of oh, the really? frames that they were filming through yeah it's just these, Holy crap. Yeah, these amazingly creative animation techniques that they had mm. before digital. and Yeah, but they just had to find a way to do it practically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was watching a Disney documentary recently and seeing, like, how they had to manually do parallaxing, like, mm. yeah. with multiple frames, like, being filmed from above. And rotoscoping and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of that that we see in these classic episodes. And knowing how hard it would have been for them back then... Like makes me respect it all the more. It's like yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> effort and ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. How about you, BT? What's a moment from this episode stands out to you, for better or worse? Man, that's tough because there are just so many great moments that are just little moments in passing that are great. 
I think I'm going to go with what gave me the biggest laugh, because I don't think I've seen this episode in a very long time, which was when uh, Sideshow Bob has his fireplace at last, and he's like, ah, fire, scourge of Prometheus, toaster of marshmallows. <laughs> yes. Like, God damn it. What was the brilliant. third thing he said? Because we were all laughing too we hard. We laughed all through it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once, once I was scourge of Prometheus, toaster of marshmallows, like... That's already too perfect. <laughs> it has the perfect exchange between Sideshow Bob and yeah. anyone else as well. It's like, ah, uh, oh, homie, you're forgetting the two noble truths of Buddha. Oh, I, I am not. not. <laughs> yeah, it's a great example of that exact same joke where it's just... Yeah. <laughs> no, you are forgetting it. Like, <laughs> Yes, yes, you are. That he's even, like, biting. Like, Homer's like... Uh, eradicator of dead wood was the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Ah, yeah. Also, HBO. <laughs> HBO were the eradicators of Deadwood <laughs> How about you David What's something that stands out to you for better or worse I also really loved like The subtlety of some of their moments Like Sideshow Bob you have proof that our revolving door Prison system works <laughs> yes. Yeah it, that's yeah. what I was talking about There's so many good lines just in passing Like we're filming this on the video camera Cousin John got us and the video cassette Homer got us <laughs> <laughs> And the opening of that is perfect When it's just like she's in this Fish eye sort of right Yeah. <laughs> Zoomed up, wait till, whoop, yep, still figuring this out. <laughs> but yeah, the lines in passing are amazing, and especially when it's speaking on social issues, like with Bart going, Hey, Chief Wiggum, you got a, a room in your prison for a two time loser like this guy? I mean, quite frankly, no, but that's never stopped us before. <laughs> there was so much Democrat and Republican sparring as well. Like, they really yeah. gave Kelsey all of this, like, super political stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually realize how early they'd buried the seeds for Sideshow Bob's Republican leanings. Like, I thought it was all in that uh, uh, episode where he goes to run for mayor. Not yeah. even leaning, just blatant statement yeah. of, this is my political spectrum. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, at the end, it's like, ah, you won't keep the Democrats out for long and then I'll be back on the street. <laughs> with all my criminal buddies. There's another little buried bit here as well, because when someone's like, Bob, how would you come rub my feet? He's like, and we yeah. will hear that again when he steps on a rake later. <laughs> many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, you know, they're sowing the seeds and yeah. they're doing such a good job of just like giving Kelsey heaps to chew on. Yeah. Yes. And boy, does he chew it. Like, he chews up the scenery in this so well. But beautifully. Ooh, sneaky one that they're laying in there, mm-hmm. calling him prisoner 24601, yeah. Yeah. which, as we all know, is a reference to Jean Valjean from mm-hmm. Les Miserables, Absolutely. setting up his love of musicals. Yep. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> True, because none of these things had come up yet. Just the culture. What, the never? Culture. No, never. <laughs> what, never? Never. <laughs> Well, yeah, because 24601, like, I still haven't even seen Les Miserables. Like, I I only know this oh, number. Oh, crack so- film. <laughs> <laughs> With old mate, uh, Russo. Yeah, Russo. <laughs> oh, God, he's so bad. And it it's is. like It's actually really funny. Though. It's hilarious because Russell Crowe can sing and he can act, but he cannot do both simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, and then they put him with all these other people who are, like, quite good at it, and he just stands out really badly. Like-, <laughs> like watching a line of people rubbing their bellies while patting their head and then just him, like, uh, punching himself in the face or... <laughs> With a telephone, yeah. (laughs) But it seems like, especially lately, that we've been noticing The Simpsons doing the 24601 reference over and over. It pops up up in a few places. Skinner's helmet when he was in that Vietnamese prison camp was prisoner 24601. Well, there's a few other places. It's Marge's prison number when she goes to prison. Yep. This prison system's busted out. <laughs> yeah. They've only got one prison number. <laughs> 24601 playlist. So, play count. How many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode? 
booking endlessly. Yeah. I've <laughs> had <laughs> oh, so, so many times I couldn't even. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd I've say s- over a dozen. Yeah. yeah. And I know for this podcast, that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think it speaks volume for this episode that like, as a murder mystery, we were saying when we did least the iconoclast that mm. in some respects, it doesn't always hold up because you know the end result, yeah. you know the the mystery, how that's solved. So it's never going to be as satisfying as the first watch, but this one... Yeah, you get to look at the seeds. You're like, yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind of am surprised how clear they make it because every time there's a clue, they kind of zoom in on Bart, noticing it. Yeah. Like, you know, when Selma's talking about the bottle rocket going up her nose, permanently destroying her taste of sense and smell. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> taste of sense That's and smell. That's a wrap on the episode. Not sense of taste and smell. Taste of sense and smell. <laughs> because you're not there to unravel the mystery yourself. You're there yeah. to revel in how well they play to the tropes of the genre. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Even if you're aware of that or not, you're not suddenly going, oh, what's the mystery? You're just yeah. going, I'm there. I'm you don't there. even I'm realize yeah. until Bart does that. And Selma has one hour to live. Down in front. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Not really, hey. Wacky only in the sense that they, like I said, they're bending genre here. Yeah, Mm. it's a Hitchcock plot. Like, it's not (laughs) completely buck wild. It's not completely unbelievable. It's just like a slight exaggeration on a pretty classic sort of murder setup. Yeah. Mm. I will say, I don't know if I call it wacky, but the bit where Sideshow Bob turns into death when he says, I do. Yeah. But that's more, it's meant, that's to, be, it's meant to be Bart's imagination. Yeah, so I wouldn't call yeah. it wacky, but yeah. And all of Bart's little fantasy moments. Oh, everyone's little fantasy moments mm. were great. The first yeah. moments of like, who will Selma bring to the house? <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> actually, for me, this was, I remember the videotape version that we had. It actually cuts in there. So oh, like... Right. For years, I'd forgotten that the whole dinosaurs thing was even in this. And I think this was actually the Simpsons being a bit full of themselves, oh, to yeah, be quite definitely. honest. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know release times. When they go, oh, it's like someone looked at our lives and put it on TV. Yeah. Like when Family Guy put the Simpsons in their show. It's like, yeah. it's, it's roughly the same gag. Mm. I hate that I have to bring up Family Guy all the time. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I don't you know need what? to give Seth the time. No. Oh, it's man. a big cultural touch point whether you want it to be or not. I, I guess, like, uh, probably to get a little unpleasant here, mm. to point out the difference between the two, <laughs> is that here Simpsons brings up dinosaurs and they kind yeah. of just sort of like, they poke fun at them. It's like, oh, it's a dumb show, but look, they're just like us. It, yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of a loving homage. When Family Guy brought Marge into yeah. it, they implied the quagmire root. And, and so- then murdered the entire family. <laughs> Woof! Yeah, and I think it's no coincidence that after that moment, the Simpsons and Family Guy stopped having jabs at each other, and then Seth MacFarlane would go on to appear in a Simpsons episode, do the opening song for one of the Futurama movies, and then they played nice. (laughs) I think, think like, yeah, the principal came down, it's like, okay, you two have got to get along. (laughs) This has gone too far, you've had your little shenanigans. (laughs) It was like, there's definitely been, you know, like, bad blood on both sides. (laughs) It's like, what? hang on. (laughs) Uh, uh, You both shake hands, and then you say, you're sorry. But Dinosaurs, like, I remember loving that show as a kid. And, yeah, not to mama. And yeah, it is a show that is fucking freely available on YouTube, and I should absolutely do a rewatch sometime. Yeah, apparently the last episode is friggin' devastating. Yeah, <laughs> I remember reading a cracked article about that, and it's just like, fucking bleak, but like, mwah. 
and like a show that was like planting the seeds of its own doom and talking about a lot about corporations like uh, not paying attention to climate change and shit like that. Oh crap! Like, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. The whole show had an apocalyptic vibe, and then yeah, it ends with them. The apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of agree that yeah, it's not a very wacky episode, but like the choices that they made, especially in the coloring and the mood and the camera angles. Yeah. Does it count as wacky if MacGyver thanks the moon's gravitational pull? <laughs> no, not at all, because it just feels like a another um McBain. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Well, I mean, I'd sat down and watched an episode of MacGyver once, and that is a fucking slog. Like, <laughs> I've not seen it since I was a kid. I'm going to let that, you know, dwell in the nostalgia vault. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same as way. a perfect television show. Yep. Yeah. Well, because I think it's remembered for the elaborate yep. pulling together many little things. He turned matches and rubber bands into a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. To MacGyver something. Yeah, but, with, with just a plastic straw and a live frog, he cured his hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> that MacGyver. But yeah, the unfortunate fact of the matter is that the show is just, it's an hour long and it's mostly boring. Like, <laughs> those moments probably take up five to ten minutes of the episode. Well, what about the reboot series they did where they actually went back in time and cancelled it before they made it? What? Really? It died so quickly. Wow. It pretty much has negative episodes. <laughs> but yeah, in doing my research for this episode, I realized I never knew MacGyver's first name. Do you guys? Douglas. No. Mac. <laughs> Persimmon. <laughs> is that like a type of orange, isn't it? Sure. Navel. <laughs> Angus. Angus MacGyver. Are you kidding? <laughs> nope. Angus MacGyver? You're kind of on the right track with food, but yeah, Angus MacGyver. Well, no wonder he just went by MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. So how about the heart of this episode? It's a wedding episode. Did you guys feel the bumps? Man, there's some, some beautiful moments. I mean, it's a little hard now because we know where Sideshow Bob's plan is. Mm. But, uh, you know, he does that whole model prisoner when he finds Selma's love, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think there's a really good moment where when he rips on MacGyver and Selma comes crying to Marge. And, <laughs> yeah, it's stupid that she's upset about a TV show. But, like, I like that she goes to her sister to cry about it. It's, yeah. it's sweet. <laughs> and I can't believe in, yeah, 119 episodes of the podcast so far that I've never said to one of the bad episodes, well... That was a well-plotted piece of claptrap that never made me want to wretch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, guess what happens the next bad one? Yeah. Well, good like committing that to memory and not being Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah. It feels like the sort of thing that out of anyone else's yeah. mouth would fall on its ass. Yeah. It would sound like claptrap. Exactly. Like when Selma says, would you promise my corns? And this made my heart bump <laughs> when he answers... Avec plaisir. <laughs> Perfect. These are new discoveries for me. I've seen this episode so many times and this right. feels new. Yeah, I mean, similarly, when he calls Homer a trencherman for uh, knowing what cocktails they should get. I see your phone out. This uh -huh. is going to be enlightening. It is a person who eats in a specific manner, typically heartily. Heartily? Yes. Eating. Someone who Classic just enjoys Homer. food, basically. Yeah. Writing... I learned something today. Exactly. <laughs> no, writing notes for Sideshow Bob or Mr. Burns episodes are so yeah. fucking difficult because those two characters are just these giant walking thesauruses. Yep. Oh, yeah. But also, like, a character who isn't a walking thesaurus gave us one of the best lines that I've heard recently in The Simpsons, which was Selma trying to explain why she had money stored away. Yeah. I bought stuck in a mace company before society crumbled. <laughs> Amazing. Just fucking... Yeah, and the fact that it's just a joke in passing that's just... In 19... 1992. Yeah. For real, right? <laughs> that is such a solid strategy. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but yeah, other bump moments. I do actually like because revisiting these old episodes, one of the biggest problems for me personally is sometimes the way the show treats Patty and Selma, mm-hmm. they're not always justifiably shat on. And yeah. this wasn't the case in this episode, I didn't think. No, not really. Homer was on good behavior and like they weren't playing to the whole spinster tropes, especially like those 90s ones. And They were pretty unpleasant about her feet and her. They were body shaming the <laughs> well, crap out of her. But that's still. kind of something I like, though, because they had the first time when he, she's like, can you rub my feet? He's like, says whatever he says. Yeah. And is all happy about it. And then later on, after he's had the reveal in the car of the honeymoon is going to be murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, then when she says, can you rub my feet? He's just. <laughs> With incredible lighting, as you were talking about. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit body shamey, but at the same time, it's also he's doing this for murder. Like he doesn't, he doesn't yeah, have the exactly. Bit. It's it's there for the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the bad character, so he's yeah. allowed to um, be say bad. the bad things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of body shaming, the perfect moment of his face when they're running through the field together. <laughs> that, <laughs> that needs to be a screen. Oh my oh, yeah. god! All to something stupid like I love you. The animators like had so much fun with this episode and, and real. put mm. in the GD work. Oh yeah, they're gonna like you know what's gonna look really stupid and funny? Both of them skipping merrily through a field of daisies, like. Yes. Yeah, and then silhouettes <laughs> and lighting changes and perspective and mm-hmm. like the kind of basically the kind of crap that you would expect from people who are three seasons yep. into a critically acclaimed TV yeah. show. Mm-hmm. They're just going, look at us go. Yeah. Look at us play at the height of our powers. Yeah, for real. And like these are some of the best montages in this mm-hmm. episode as well. And yeah, from him skipping through the flowers with <laughs> Selma and the license plate thing and for good behavior playing violin to the conjugal trailers. <laughs> Getting in the mood. Yeah, man. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Feels like a genre break episode of The Simpsons, yeah. But absolutely, still, everything is there. Because of the genre break, yeah. I would say yeah. it feels like it's an yeah, episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, within everything. I do love when, um, after explaining it four times to Dad, I explained it once to Mom, we were on our <laughs> way. It's just the, that the way he does it is like, well, here's fire, and here's a match, and look, it's on fire. Now. And then pulls out a book of like how He's science puppets. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, it's classic Hitchcock, mm. but without just being, hey, here's the episode where we do Psycho. Yeah. It's its yeah, own it's, narrative. It's, it's the vein of, yeah, rather than the direct parody. And I also like... Sorry, uh, just to finish off that, like, when Bart does explain it to the family, like, this has always been something that has bugged me in that the family is all gathered around watching MacGyver. He goes, someone's got one hour to live. And then he's explaining it to Homer, and then all of a sudden everyone sort of disappears from the room. Because we have an ad break and we don't see yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, they're playing on that memory yeah, of yeah. it all. But again, it moves through it so swiftly, and I'll be damned if, you know... To the Simpson Mobile isn't one of the best fucking things that oh, Homer's yeah. ever Perfect. said. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I also really like that in this, Bob is still just a criminal. He's not obsessed with killing Bart yet. Yeah. Yes. Because I feel like at a certain point, that's all he is anymore. And it just gets really boring. He hasn't gone down the Stewie Griffin road. Yeah. For that, real. Whereas at this point, he's just killing Selma for the money because, hey, he's a criminal. And that's, she you know, invested in a mace company before society crumbled. That's going to be so much. It's only just clocked in my head that Stewie Griffin is a ripoff of Sideshow Bob. <laughs> yeah. Snooty uh, accent. Snooty accent. Walking thesaurus. Yeah. 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 Slightly effeminate. Slightly homicidal. It's freaking all there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Peace is fit. But yeah, while it doesn't feel like a typical Simpsons episode, it is very much a typical Sideshow Bob episode because mm. we do see in the classic era that they are doing these genre bending ones. Like, yeah. Well, the next one we go to is Cape Fear, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's like a political thriller with yeah mm. him becoming the mayor. And like I guess that was sort of the problem with the subsequent Sideshow Bob episodes. They had such a here-we-go-again feeling yeah. about them. Yeah. And we don't have that genre. like Except for Brother from another series, because goddamn, is that a great episode. Oh, yeah, well, that's genre bending into Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I remember when we did Day of the Jack and Apes, the teens one yeah, where yeah. Bob hypnotizes Bart. Mm-hmm. We liked it enough at the time, but it still felt very hollow. Yeah. But, yes, no, would you watch this one again? Absolutely. Hell, yeah. I yeah. want to say to, like, any aspiring writers out there that this is the perfect example of how formula and homage are a-okay yeah like just bring that spin to it and make it your own like following the rules and they follow the rules here so closely mm-hmm. following the rules can work yeah you don't have to push against them no for real yeah this is a masterclass of just doing a good murder mystery story that manages to solve itself in 20 minutes like and again all the pieces are there they don't throw in a sudden new element that there was no way for you to know about mm. everything's right there if you love genre the audience will too yeah mm-hmm. And they really hit the ground running with this one as well. Like, we started out Bob coming over to dinner. Like, Yeah, they're engaged by the end of the act break. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I remember you saying as we were watching it, yeah. you said that first act break. And I was like, my God, yeah, like the structure, the formula mm-hmm. is, it's so clear and it's so, you know, on the beat. It's excellent. Yep. And like, I'm not the kind of person who ever says, you know, like hit that formula moment for moment. Mm-hmm. Like I normally sort of push away from that, but like this does it so knowingly. Yeah. yeah. With such a wink. It's, and it's, it's like, got that, oh yeah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> but with total reverence as well. It's quite yeah. beautiful. Exactly. So we're going to watch it again. We're going to put it in a playlist. What playlist does this go in? Uh, 24601. Yeah, the 24601. I think uh, is that many episodes yep. that reference. Selma getting married. Yeah. Episodes where one of the big reveals or big gags is repeating the same word over and over while slowly zooming Ah, in on someone's face. MacGyver. (laughs) MacGyver. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the MacGyver playlist. There we go. Mm -hmm. Sideshow Bob episodes, of course. You got to... If you could make a playlist of single appearances of Maggie that are just perfect one-off visual gags, yeah. her as the flower girl. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, and Lisa's annoyance. over competence, fine. <laughs> she getting all judgy over the job of a flower perfect. girl. Perfect. That, that is exactly the way sisters work. Yep. I have two sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister, <laughs> oh, really? and that is, I am sure I've seen that exact scene play out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and any other musical moments that stood out to you guys? The music of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just visually, this episode sings to me. Mm. It almost sounds like da 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 over there. <laughs> but the spoil it all by saying something stupid like "I love you" was by Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman. Yep. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're lying. You and son that's of why a I'm bitch. Staring at you the, like this. They did do a cover of it that was uh, had some popularity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. Mm. But no, originally done by Frank and Nancy Sinatra. Yeah. 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 Classic. Oh, and Happy Sumo playlist because they're oh, they're doing yeah. karaoke at the Happy Sumo where oh, nice. the Simpsons once went before when the Homer Shaft. The f- yeah, <laughs> in oh. the Fugu episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. BT, do you have any other notes? All right, uh, a little bit of Simpsons broke my brain of who borrowed my chapstick and the exact <laughs> phrasing of I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times I've like ordered something that shit, I'm like I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Telethon for motion sickness. You see the car that came in. Poor little guys. <laughs> so queasy. So nauseous. 
Kissing you would be like kissing some divine ashtray. Mm. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I really feel bad for my ex-girlfriends who had to put up with me when I was a smoker. <laughs> yeah, rough. It's funny because I've also, like, I remember quitting like Selma did as well, like the conditional quitting because she's right, man, that fucking after meal durry used to be so good. In your defense, man, I've met your ex-girlfriends and they committed their own sins. So <laughs> you're not blameless here. I just thought it was kind of funny that they needed an outside excuse to explain why she has no sense of taste and smell. It's like, yeah. we know. Yeah. <laughs> we know very well. Oh, yeah. Of course, that's established. Kind of. <clears throat> yeah, it is actually something like they haven't kept up the continuity of because yeah. it's just like people eat all the time. It's like you can't always remember that. <laughs> I wonder if they had to get rid of them smoking like chimneys at some point. Yeah, they had an episode where they quit, but they, oh, they ended up smoking again. Yeah, shit. And yet Homer's still a raging alcoholic. Yep. <laughs> No, I remember there was another recent episode where they'd effectively, like, transitioned them over to vaping, like most of <laughs> everybody now, but, yeah, whatever. Oh, vaping, we're pretty sure it's fine. I want to watch that episode just because the idea of a Simpsons episode with everyone vaping is too funny for words. <laughs> oh, man, Millennium Simpsons is so millennial. Like, yeah, well, that's a weird mess. Vaping, dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, doing that Harlem shake. They did do that. No! You, oh, you didn't know that? Oh, yep, I didn't. They, yeah, that was one of their couch gags. They did yep. a fucking Harlem shake. Oh, well, at least it was a couch gag. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I also, like, ah, that jerk we got to replace you isn't fit to hold your slide whistle. All I can be is myself. <laughs> Just, yep. oh man, the thumb's right there. When Marge wants to watch one of her non-violent programs, I take a walk. I go to a bar. I pound a few beers. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, Homer, you're not taking a walk. Oh, wait, no, you're yep, pounding beers. Yep, yep. There we are. <laughs> and then I come back in the mood for some loving. Yeah. Now, where did I put my gun? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I set it down. I got a piece of cake. <laughs> I fucking loved Wiggum in this episode. Uh, yeah. And especially his last line, which is my last note of... Well, I wouldn't want to tell the chief of police how to do the job. No, 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 no. It's the only way I'll learn. Yep, Simpsons broke my brain. Yeah. It's the only way I'll learn. <laughs> David, do you have any other notes? I had a big moment and a small moment. Yep. The small moment was the uh, boss of the company when they're on the telethon, and he comes in and says, mm-hmm. cross the law. Like, I love that <laughs> the little touch. It's yep. lovely. Yep. And the other one is a visual gag because this is just the sexiest looking episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's... The point at which Homer is saying to Sideshow Bob, man, if I'd gotten out of jail, I'd want to find the kid that snitched on me. And and it shows him just sort of like making all of these gruesome uh, stabbing motions. And it's like he's doing it in front of Bart's face. It's perfect. Cutting from like the belly button up to the throat. It's it's perfect visual gag. It's so good. Which, by the way, why did they put Bart next to Bob? He was clearly traumatized (laughs) at the sight of him. Like, oh. Well, I guess he hasn't tried to kill kill him at this point right so it's only like you only put him away it's not like we have to put you in witness protection or anything yeah (laughs) until the thompson (laughs) just thinking that um, almost there, sorry. I'm still thinking about Pepito. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest cat in the whole wide world. And suck up the vacuum cleaner. I just love how he's got like his hands over his eyes, pretend crying when he loses. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, the guy in that costume is committed to that bit, and I love it. God damn it, this show is good. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone pick up on Sideshow Bob called Bart this Seamus in short pants? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Okay, so a brother Seamus is like a noir term for a private detective. 
I'm so upset I didn't know that. Yeah, but really? now I do, yeah. and I'm very happy. Yeah, So, because I guess a lot of them used to be Irish. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but I only know it because of the Big Lebowski. I think of it as like, it's a sort of like Boston, Chicago thing. Of, yeah, you yeah know. exactly. A lot, um, a lot yeah. of Irish heritage, and yeah, that's where a lot of your hard-boiled cops came from. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Seamus in short pants is definitely a good, <laughs> good way to put it. Hard-boiled, like an egg? It's a hard-boiled crime, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't heard that term. You're not getting, oh, your, really? cr- you're not getting your crime over easy or scrambled here, mate. <laughs> That's like the classic noir term. Is like yeah. she was hard-boiled. She was a tough egg to crack, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, time for my final notes. I like the fantasies as well when they were trying to picture the disturbing person that Selma was mm. going to bring. Uh, like, I think Lisa <laughs> thinks of the elephant man. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bart's like just this elaborate head in a jar and oh no, 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 no. Bart was the clone of Homer. <laughs> <laughs> or just Homer? Just Homer. <laughs> yeah, I like to say he disappears behind the wall and comes back and <laughs> Now for the award for best film to video transfer. No, now for the <laughs> highlight of the evening. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is this one of the awards that the Oscars got rid of recently and Yeah, I mean also with writing and you know Yeah. Oh man, cinematography and editing yeah. in this episode oh. no less. Again, cinematography, probably (sighs) not that. (laughs) They have a little tribute to The Wizard of Oz, where Sideshow Bob's saying goodbye to all the prisoners. And he goes, Snake, (laughs) I'll miss you most of all. (laughs) Oh, that's what that moment was for. Yeah. And this is actually the first time that Snake gets named. Yeah, no, I know. Huh. He's in separate vocations, but I don't think he has a name then. Today yeah. has been so educational yeah. for me. Thank dun, you, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> more you know. And I love how excited Homer gets about the hors d'oeuvres. Like, yeah. <laughs> they come this little sauce. It looks like ketchup. It tastes like ketchup. But, brother, it ain't ketchup. <laughs> It's weird, like, the cravings that Homer can set off sometimes. It's like, yeah, I could go a tin of hot dog weenies right now. <laughs> Just the juice. Mm, oh. Just the, leave the hot dogs, give them to some other schmo. <laughs> Put in a cocktail glass and... Yeah, give me a dirty martini uh, with not Hot olive juice. Water. Just the way Limp Bizkit crave it. <laughs> Rolling on. Um. <laughs> Moving on as fast as we can from that reference. <laughs> Summer, I don't know if we can afford it. I've already spent eight out of the ten dollars the prison gave me. <laughs> Sideshow Bob calls his yeah evening walk a vigorous constitutional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, yeah, a couple of notes about the ending. I love the celebration cigar misdirect. Because, <laughs> yeah, they've just gone through and plotted everything so well and showed their working and yep. like how smart are we wait how did the room explode though <laughs> <laughs> through a match I, the- <laughs> I can feel that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like when Soma goes to strike the cigarette at the end the That's cracking slow. of the match and the slow motion oh, beautiful yeah. beautiful it's pure cinema there's mm-hmm. so many kissy fingers <laughs> yeah you can hear like all of the Sundance critics in the room passing out like- <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah James Jarmusch uh, he'd love this one <laughs> James. Is it Jim Jarmusch? Yeah. Jim. Damn it. <laughs> I know you're only getting this from a Simpsons reference, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> Jim Jarman. <laughs> and then, yeah, my final note is, yeah, this is another episode with a gas leak laugh ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot to turn off the gas. <laughs> Wait, isn't that, is that a direct parallel? The um, one little boy who never lost his mistrust? Doesn't the first episode of Sideshow Bob end with one little boy never lost faith in me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Krusty says that to Bart at the end. That's right. Nice. The throwbacks. Mm -hmm. There's also, speaking of gas, there's also that episode where they all get skinned by that that gas that turns them inside inside out. out. Yeah. (laughs) It is time to rank this thing. David, it's your turn to kick it off. 
Boy, you know what my rank is. Yeah? I feel like I do. It's got six sides, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? I don't know how shapes work. <laughs> Not as Iconia, for sure. <laughs> I feel like I've given so... Like, I am a genre slut. And this episode is in my ballpark. Yeah. All right. How about you, BT? I was sitting there watching it. And I'm thinking gold up until we kind of get to the end where it all just comes together so beautifully. And I'm on a cubic. It's not a conventional episode of The Simpsons. It's not a heavy laugher, but it's so wonderfully iconic. It's so well put together. It's such a great example of its genre. Yeah, it's a great ride and I love it. Oh, man, I'm being the lame judge today. <laughs> it been... happens sometimes. Yeah, look, I'm just giving it a gold. Uh, it's a very high gold. I respect the hell out of this episode. It's just... No, whatever. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is just because it's, yeah, not as many jokes maybe and I'm... Um, astounded at how well put together this episode is but mm. it's not hitting that essential mark for me yeah but. i think what tipped it over for me is when we were talking about the last one we're talking about you know it's good but i can't write a better episode but this one is i look at it i'm like you know what this one should, really needs to be studied it's not just i can't do better than <laughs> it there is so much to be, i can learn from it for real yeah, you could just, like, play this on loop in the foyer at afters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take notes, children. All right, well, averaging out, this will be a dull cubic zirconia, and it'll be joining other uh, such episodes that just came shy of top marks, like Bart the Murderer. That's the one where Skinner goes missing, and what else? Oh, Krusty gets busted. Yeah, right. <laughs> As well, uh, three men in a comic book. I love Lisa, where Ralph loves Lisa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bart gets an elephant, where Bart gets an elephant. So good. Slow down, there, kid. <laughs> Where's my elephant? Isn't that what we're all asking? Where's my shiny cubic, Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> Homer Palooza, which we reviewed with our mateys at Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. You know, Hottest Hundos and Thundos. <laughs> Oh, boys. <laughs> My sweet boys. Bard of Darkness, which, oh, God, that bugs me. That's not full marks. That's the one where they're doing, like, the rear window thing. And Now oh. you know how it feels, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and also Lisa's Date with Density, where Lisa and Nelson get all uh, romantic. Density? I'm the goal yeah. of that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Excellent. Yeah, we've all dulled someone's cubic. Yeah. <laughs> we've all rained on a parade. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, it's time we get out of here. But before we get out of here, we like to just quickly recommend something outside of The Simpsons that we've been enjoying lately. So books, TV, movies, film, uh, avant-garde uh, spoken w- beat poetry. Shadow puppets. Sure, they they are making a comeback. So, BT, starting with you, what you been into lately? I'm going to pre-recommend something and say Hollow Knight has a sequel coming out. Just when we were thought oh. we were done with Hollow Knight, chat on the index. You're all fucking never wrong. be done with Hollow Knight. Yeah, look, I actually kind of want to delve into this real quickly, so I'll try and talk quickly without making any mistakes. Silk Song is coming out. It is the sequel to Hollow Knight. The reason we want to bring it up is the video game industry is very patchy at even the best of times. There's a lot of problems in it. I mean, just this week or the week of recording, Activision Blizzard, fired 8% oh, of its staff so even though right. they recorded record profits they made 4 billion on uh, microtransactions alone to give you an idea so the reason I bring that up is Team Cherry, the people behind Hollow Knight, this new sequel was originally meant to be DLC. It was meant to just put Hornet, a character, an un- uh, NPC from Hollow Knight, as a playable character in Hollow Knight. It turned out they got enough ideas to make a full-blown sequel, but the idea was because it was DLC, anyone who backed the original Kickstarter was going to get it for free, and they've decided they're going to give anyone who backed the original Kickstarter the sequel for free. So they could have outright just said... 
oh, you know, sorry, we're just not doing that DLC anymore, but you're welcome to buy the new game. Or no we'll, one would have We'll give them. you $5 <laughs> off or whatever. But no, this is a small company that's not only made an uh, ethical decision, but made a kind decision to say, yeah, if you backed us, if you believed in us, you're getting it for free. It's a full brand new game. going to have like anywhere between 40 to 60 hours of new gameplay, and they did it for free. These are the wow. artists the world needs. Exactly. <laughs> love these exactly. people. They're a tiny group. I think they're like three core developers and the rest are all, you know, people they hire in. Yeah. So, Silk Song, looking forward to it immeasurably. I'm going to try and squash my anticipation because I believe antici- hype is the enemy of enjoyment. Is but, that a uh, bug thing that you... Silk Song. Wash your anticipation. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I didn't... I'm not thinking that far ahead. Bringing I'm just getting through this quickly. Bringing this kind of language into this. <laughs> Damn me. <laughs> so, yeah. Looking forward to that. And if you haven't played Hollow Knight, get into it before the sequel comes. Nine recommendations for Hollow Knight so far for BT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. On brand. How about you, David? What have you been into lately? I am a super current boy. I like to remain, like, right on the trend curve. So, I have been playing Undertale and watching <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and showing my wife all of the Harry Potter movies because up to this point she'd never read or seen any of them and I'd never seen the last one. Oh, so wow. we just yeah. finished that off and yeah, it was good. It was worth watching. Beautiful bonding moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah a nice bonding moment mm. when we got to like both share Dobby's death together and just be like, thank <gasps> God. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your sock now, motherfucker? <laughs> But yeah, I was pretty impressed with Infinity War. It's mm. quite some time now after that, but I was surprised at how much it got me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the other one I can recommend, which is oh, actually two of them, two completely different kinds <laughs> of film. I'll go with the hardcore one first. Incendies from 2010, Denis Villeneuve movie. Uh, he's an incredible director, and this movie is a total gut punch. So if you're prepared for that kind of thing, it's really, really worth watching. It's on Netflix. And one that I hope will be streaming soon is Sorry to Bother You, which is a movie oh, from Boots last Riley, year. Boots Riley, right? Boots Riley's debut, and it's fantastic. It's so hilarious and so unique. It'd be a perfect chaser after something like Incendies, just yeah. like a bring you back <laughs> into the world of the, you know, positive feeling. Hey. Oh, wonderful. I keep hearing things about this movie, and mm. it like keeps coming to like select theatres for a mo- like a like half a an week. hour. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only crappy thing, because it, it really does, like with the cast that it has, it really deserves a big release, and hopefully it will see that kind of response. Mm. Yeah. On the back of this, I'm really excited for Boots Riley's future. He's yeah, an amazing talent. Mm. So the thing I'm going to recommend is actually a weird one. Like, it's sort of a weird thing to recommend what the fuck the Mark Marin podcast on here because, <laughs> what? like, what the fuck, what the fuckers? Hundreds of people listen to this one. Millions listen to his. It's like I don't think. To be like, fair, I don't think we've ever recommended something smaller than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Hey, have you guys heard of cereal though? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, cocoa pops and shit. Oh, it's great. Uh, um, nah, that was terrible. <laughs> I, I was it. waiting for it though. It was like, early up. <laughs> but recently on Mark Maron's podcast, he interviewed Yardley Smith and. Krusty the Clown. (laughs) So the Krusty the Clown thing is like an extended bit from an episode of The Simpsons that I haven't seen yet where Mark Maron uh, has a guest spot doing a podcast with Krusty the Clown. Mm -hmm. That part is terrible. Like it Uh is long drawn out and not that funny. But the Yardley Smith interview is wonderful. Like it's just shining a light on someone that doesn't really get out 
and do the PR for The Simpsons. Like, mm. Nancy Cartwright's always touring, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, because when she's not promoting The Simpsons, she's using The Simpsons to promote Scientology. So, yeah. like, she's always on the... <laughs> Simpsonsology. <laughs> no, and, like, the guys, you know, Dan, Hank, and Harry, they've all got multiple other things going on. So, they're always in the spotlight. And, you know, Julie Kavanaugh, voice of Marge, is a r- bit of a recluse. But, yeah, I've just never heard that much about Yardley Smith. And mm. she has a very interesting story. And, I think she got along very well with Mark like because mm. that's sort of one of the awkward things about Mark like especially he interviewed Anderson Pack recently and that oh, yeah. was like so you're doing this rap thing I'm more of a rock <laughs> guy and <laughs> yeah. it's like who are you guys <laughs> yeah that's what I'm recommending for Simpsons fans as well yeah. show him Denzel Curry doing Bulls on Parade and see how he goes for <laughs> holy fuck that was so charged am that I was... right <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, I think that does it for the Simpsons Index So let's get out of here Thank you very much for joining us, David Oh, anytime, mate Awesome, can't wait to have you back And BT, I guess we'll see you next week I will now power down until next time <laughs> Get in your corner And I've been your host, <laughs> Elliot J. O'Neill That's all the mustard in the house Where's my Elliot? <laughs> it ate everybody <laughs> Stupid Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. On the Simpsons Index, we... The Index. I added a G into there. Nailed it! Like Marge's mild frustration when she's just like, oh, Homer traded our tools for M&M's again. <laughs> uh, toolbox playlist, uh, the one where he has a spring-loaded toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys remember Pen Pineapple Apple Pen? Like oh, Pico yeah, Tara. yeah, I do. Yeah. I have a pen, I have an apple, apple I, pen. I remember you and Jordan singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pinko Taro has recently done a run of, like, Hungry Jack's commercials. And this fucking bugged me as a musician because... <laughs> the as hook, a musician. Yeah, the hook of the song was Pen Pineapple, Apple Pen. And Hungry Jacks rewrote this as Summer Barbecue Pineapple Whopper. Oh. <laughs> no. Ah, oh, no. And so, because it bugged me enough, I transcribed both of them and, like, showed how different <laughs> and, like, this is why your yeah. parody was shit. Is that, like, sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti? Yeah, it's like, how many words can you cram into that sentence? <laughs> Gotta take a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, 10 minutes to MacGyver.